PS5 event recap. And PlayStation 5 revealed. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you guys episode 167. 167. If you want to, if you're listening to this and find out that you like it and want to see where you can find us, we do all that in a recap at the end of the episode, so make sure to stay around for that, uh, where you can see where you can follow us. But we like to start this episode, or these episodes, off uh, a very lighthearted and fun way and getting a recap with each other and kind of letting you guys know what we've been playing. So, Saul, very simply... What have you been up to? What have you been playing? So, come Wednesday, I finally fixed my PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. For now, at least. I'm pretty sure this solved the problem. So, But you know, like when you have a problem, you're expecting it to happen again out of fear? <laughs> yeah. So, for anybody who may have skipped an episode or doesn't remember, Saul had issues where his PlayStation was... Stuttering. Stuttering, um, yeah. I even put it in our Discord where there's a video of it. Um, and it's super weird. I it mean, is. really. It's- yeah, it didn't make any sense on how it happened. Uh, but what it... what. If you watched last week's episode 166, I actually had an epiphany on the show of Destiny's not on my hard drive. Let me try Destiny out. Destiny did not stutter at all. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to order a new SSD for my PS5 that I don't have yet, but my PS4, and I'm going to just replace it. And that process is super easy. It took me 45 minutes, maybe. The longest part of that process was the firmware being kind of odd in the installation process but um yeah it, it went off without a hitch no stutter at all no problems at all um so yeah i just essentially have an ssd inside my ps4 now and i've been back to playing it um i've only played one game though on it and that was destiny 2 um <laughs> the one game that I wasn't on you. yeah the one game i could have played before i realized what my problem was um but yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, like uh, for those that did know or that didn't realize, we uh, we got some Destiny Two information. The new season started this past Tuesday, um, and I've just been playing that, and it's been kind of fun. It's kind of refreshing in a way. They didn't change a whole lot for this uh, season to make it like worth it to go back to if you're just burnt out on it. But I don't really have anything else to play at the moment, and. I've actually been enjoying playing a lot of Gambit and stuff, so yeah, might as well. Well, speaking of Destiny 2, I got proposed by uh, Chris, one of the guys in the uh, Midweek Matinee Movie Podcast that we do. Um, and you know, I told, I told you that we have a little innocent, just like a trophy co- competition going on. We're seeing who can get the most trophies in general, but of course, Platinums are kind of like the one where it's like, okay. Uh, well, he noticed that I was did not have the Destiny 2 Platinum, but I have just one trophy left to get. You do realize that could be fixed now, right? Did it? Can it? Is it the, the less you be judged one? No. What I have it? that one. The only one I don't have because me and you and Cody and three other people were doing it. We had that one guy who kept dying in the throne room for Callus. Oh, he's doing the hard mode raid. The hard mode raid. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so we got all the way there, spent hours trying to get it, and we couldn't get it that one time. Yeah. So, and it really just pissed me off. <laughs> so regardless, I've, you know, that's... I've gotten back to playing the game without worrying about getting the Platinum. Even the last time I was playing it, I wasn't worried about it. But I got kind of an offer of, hey, you know would you be interested in getting the destiny Two platinum? I'm like, I'm interested. Let's just, I'll hear you out. Uh, and, and it who sounds come like from? Chris, Chris. So he played like 121 hours before the raid ever even released. Is Good what he gosh. said. That's probably and, more than us. And, uh, and then he quit playing. He hadn't played the game since. Um, 
He's got three trophies, do the raid in general, do the raid on hard, and then uh, level up a hunter all the way through. Uh, so I was like, yeah, it's pr- you're not far. It, the most annoying trophy there is the, is the, the Leviathan hard mode. So I'm gonna there was a too. chance. You're not, not going to find any of us playing that. Oh, I know. I know. Well, we I, actually the talking. one the one person I thought might would, was Diana. That well, was the one person, that's, and that's the but, one person that like we were we were talking about that today before uh, I start we I start getting ready to come record was that we were talking about potentially doing a raid tonight. And uh, are there any other hard mode raids? Get away from here. Um, I don't think so because that's the problem. Is that the trophy is not specifically Leviathan. The trophy is hard mode raid, but I don't think another one exists. A I don't, prestige. I don't raid. think there is. Um, but at the same time. We were talking about like what raids we could do today, mm-hmm. and I was like, I just really don't want to do Leviathan at all because we did Leviathan like two weeks ago. We did Scourge of the Past in, like forty five minutes. Yeah, Scourge is and, easy. I, I I wish they would do Scourge with a with a hard mode and, because it's just different, and I could play that one and not hate it. But we were talking about doing one tonight. I'm like, I don't care what we do, just please not Leviathan. And so, even Dinah was like, Yeah, I'm not doing Leviathan. I have a question. <laughs> She'll probably for, do it if you ask her. But yeah, I'm sure she's pretty nice. Uh, but I have a question in general for you, because you've kept up with it a little bit more. And this is for anybody else who may be thinking about getting back to it. I said a little bit more, but from what you've seen and what you've played, if we come back to playing it, like me and Chris, do you feel like we need to buy the new uh, content expansion or can I just come back playing what I already own? Okay, so there's a thing now. Within reason for getting to a when know, it, higher level. When it went free to play, there's a couple of things that that did not change but stayed the same. But because they stayed the same, they were forced to change in a way. So okay. That's the most vague, weird sentence I've heard in a while. So like bounties, okay, you cannot get if you don't have the season pass. Okay, that's because strange, all but... the bounties tie into all content, and you could get a bounty that you could never complete. So you would be essentially locked out of bounties. So then you have an inventory full of bounties that you can't do anything with. So by going free to play, the game became gated. Not really. No, they just they didn't want to go through and rework the entire bounty system. And it's not all bounties, but it is some. And there are like game modes. Like Gambit originally was a lot behind the season pass because it was the new game mode. Yeah. It was part of the new DLC. Um, has that gone free to play now? I don't know. I don't know either. You're asking somebody who has all the content. I had no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, but we were actually playing with um, Gavin. Not Gavin that we know, but other Gavin in our in our Discord. Um, uh, boss Annihilator or GB Boss. Oh, yeah. And... Just Friday, we were like, just get your parents to get your credit card or whatever. And he was like, hold on. He's like, Dad, give me the credit card. <laughs> I need $10 for the for the season pass because we were trying to do something. And it required the season. It required, like the game is since it's it's live, it's a live game now, it requires you to have all the seasons as you play to do the higher end stuff. So I don't know. I can, Obviously I can, for you, I can get the platinum without buying content, it seems. Yeah. But to I, play, to, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, I gotta see because I really hope that Scourge or something is. You gonna, already well, you already have um uh uh, uh um the Zer. No, I can't think of what the name of the the Shadow Keep. Didn't oh, you, didn't you get Shadow Keep? Nope, the Moon one. No. Oh well, <laughs> see, you I could, thought about buying that one. It's days of play right now going on. You could probably find a new version of Destiny for like twenty dollars that has everything in it, or like a new. Uh, I, you know what those things? Oh, are. it's not part of days of play for sure. But you I may look. So? No, I mean I've looked. Oh, okay. So it's not on there. Uh, I may look and see if it's on sale though, because I don't typically look for it. So um, who knows? We'll see. I, I don't know that I want to spend money on it yet. That's the thing. 
I, that's more of a, I may go back to get the platinum, and if I have fun with it, then be like, hey, you know, buy the content. Then. I'll say that Destiny is a really good game in the sense of, like, if you get burnt out on other games, it's good to just have your friends that are playing and go chill with them and play something kind of mindless. But the same I time, have been burned out, but I've been doing what you're talking about with Sea of Thieves. Me and Blake have been playing that. Hey, I'll play that with y'all. I've been, I was actually trying to convince Seth to buy it. Because Downloaded? I was like, and, well, it's Game Pass. He doesn't have Game Pass. Uh, well, he did. No, no, no. Seth Eisenhower. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, like, so, it's one of those things of, like, I'm having fun. Now Now it does kind of require a thought process because it's that they it has definitely changed since you've played. But they've added a whole lot of new content in this, just new season. There's, like, brand new cutscenes. There's brand new story missions. Yeah. Um. And now they've they've nerfed things, they've buffed things, and now it's kind of like, what can I make a build for Gambit specifically? And that's what that's all we've all actually been playing. It's just Gambit, and um, we still it's something you were you were part of, but it, it's still meta to do the Kamehameha <laughs> for all of us just to melt the boss of the Kamehameha. But it's 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 now trying to find fun things. Um, like Trinity Ghoul, I, I don't know if you ever got yeah, that gun, I have it. but uh, they they gave it a catalyst so that now every time you get an art kill of any kind, it actually procs its ability. You don't cool. have to get a precision shot, so you could just sit there and shoot. It's an arc weapon, so you could just sit there and shoot enemies and chain lightning and kill everything constantly. Interesting. So it's become it's become different enough that it's kind of like, oh, this is refreshing. This well, you will, said shoot, but Trinity Ghoul is a bow, right? Well, yeah, but yeah. Um, I was making sure because I was like, I know I got it. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like it's refreshing enough for now. Um, and but how long will it hold your attention? I'm sure it'll hold my attention for at least a month or so. Um, I may take a break again before the expansion comes out in September, but that's only two months away. So yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm definitely taking a vacation and vacation because the new this is the next big update supposedly. And if people are, are saying that Shadowkeep and Forsaken was like Taken King, I we not have not seen an update like this supposedly in destiny history before so i'm really kind of curious as to what that update will be all right then but what have you been playing mine has been very weird i've pretty much played sea of thieves um let's see i'm trying to think of what i played last week you know when you're when you're weekend like i did so much yesterday that it's thrown my sense of time off yeah because i did more than i usually I didn't do, do anything yesterday um i played destiny but let's see trying to recap and think that's actually a well. Okay, I should say this. I've I've gotten back to playing RuneScape, and I think that's part of my problem. I saw you mention that in Discord the other day. Yeah. Somebody mentioned something about an MMO, and you said the only MMO I need is RuneScape. I'm like, what? Oh, and I always make that joke. To be honest, that's half joke, half me just being like, I do enjoy RuneScape. Uh, but I've gotten back to playing it. Now I'm not doing anything crazy, but I've just been playing while I'm watching TV with the wife or something like that because I've not had super drive to pay uh, play anything that I've got at this particular moment. Uh, but I've, I'm, I'm fixing that. I've, you know, I've been trying to figure out what I wanted to play in the in-between. So I do know what I've played that I didn't talk about last week. I, down, I told you I downloaded Risen 3 Titan Lords, played it for a little bit. It's interesting, but it's just janky enough that I don't feel like messing with it. So I gave up on it. Yeah. Uh, I played Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag. And the problem I had with it is I bought it forever ago. And now I, really, I wish I wouldn't have for one reason. I'm so used to using my system in... Um, I'm so used to putting my system rather in sleep mode, and that game does not support sleep mode. Is that on Xbox or PS4? PS4. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't, and apparently it doesn't on Xbox either. It doesn't support the sleep functionality at all because it was a one of the first games, and it's a cross-gen game, and they just didn't code it into the game. So it, when you go to turn your system into rest mode, it's it, it's like uh, this doesn't support sleep mode. Either cancel or 
go ahead That's and weird. it'll close the game. And I know it's weird, and I used to. I think you remember for years I would turn my PlayStation Four off and wouldn't use Sleep Mode. Yeah, but once I too. finally did it, I'm like, this is too convenient. It's great to be able to come home for lunch and not have to worry about spending five minutes to start the game up to start playing it because it's I can already just updated. Hit it, go for it, and and it's in there and go with it. Or you know me, I'm all digital, so it's kind of like. Oh, this game's on sale in the store. Buy it from my phone. I know when I get home from work, it's on my PS4. Yeah. Always. It's just weird. I, across the board, I didn't like it. It's so I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I was just decided against that. So what I did do, though, with the I sales. I you could say you jumped ship. <laughs> That's they were getting, both pirate games. That's what I was Was the weird there. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what I ended up buying instead, because I do enjoy them, and I think that they're lighthearted enough and quick enough. I shouldn't say lighthearted enough. They're easy to play in a quick uh, rapid fire continuation is I bought Life is Strange episode two. I enjoyed the first one in before the storm, so I see no reason why I wouldn't enjoy the second one. So downloaded it because it was on sale, uh, and then I downloaded a game that looks really interesting to me. It's another one of those artsy games that I think is quick, easy to play, and it's just something that I've looked at like ten times. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna buy it. Uh, easy to plat- also easy to platinum to get in Chris's buns. That is also an easy platinum, but I've looked at it like ten times well before this because it, it looks interesting to me. It's a game called Blackwood Crossing. And it's on sale a decent bit. And it's not on sale right now. I feel I just, like I've seen that. I bought it. Uh, but because thankfully for my birthday, I got a lot of stuff from our listeners. So you know you guys are great and I really appreciate it. Uh, you know who you are. I'm not going to go overly bored of, of shouting you out by name just in case you didn't want that kind of recognition. But I appreciate you for real. Uh, been, it was great. And I've had a, I had a pretty good birthday. So, um, But I bought those two games and I plan on playing them as soon as we get done. So as soon as we get done here, if I can, I don't know. I'm tired. I literally just drove back and I, I was home for like 20 minutes before Saul came. Yeah. Just long enough to clean the studio, which really needed it. So uh, anyway, that's been about it. Uh, thankfully, I did come back Thursday and was able to stream along a live watch along with the thing. And for those of you who joined me, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. I had some issues like we always do with streaming because we're always doing it on short schedule yeah <laughs> notice um had some issues with the audio but thankfully it was solved pretty early on the only thing i really missed was like grand, Tri- grand theft auto 5 being announced which we'll get into here in just a bit we are going to go ahead and do uh the community's take but yeah thank you for everyone who joined us but i'm gonna go ahead and hop over into the community's take before we go into the event now because the event was so big and i think took up a lot of this week we didn't bother doing any other kind of news this episode's going to be solely focused on that no other news just so you know up front right now uh but the community's take question that we offered up last week was kind of a discussion based around the not necessarily likely nature but the interesting kind of like if it happened would you be interested in the situation uh with games becoming more digitally bought medium uh, would you be open to the idea of trading your digital licenses for store credit on any given console platform to fund your future purchases? And now there's some other stuff that I had a feeling this was going to get into, and it definitely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to try and shake it up a little bit uh, and do some different names, uh, some people we don't necessarily hear from as often in the community stake. So first one up is uh, Mr. Ken Nace. He says, I'd be open to it if they gave you a decent amount of credit, but I don't see why companies would do this. And this led to a conversation because I, you know, I felt this is a pretty loose question. So I was kind of stoking the conversation on Facebook for sure, as I could do it while we were out and about this morning. And it kind of led to the question of like, you know, that is the one hard part about this to balance. If it were ever going to be into the, the situations who foots the bill, 
who gives you the money? Are the publishers in on this because it's their games or because you bought the license from PlayStation, is it PlayStation's license to get back? They would only be doing it to get you to buy something new so that they'd make some money off of it. But the publishers would have motivation to give you a little bit. But the, no matter what, the amount would have to be super small. Yeah. It would, And so, you know, I kind of worked around that and we, you know, that conversation with Ken specifically ended up in kind of talking about something that I do think is interesting and more likely to happen. And it's kind of the idea of bringing in what you have in the car market, where when you have a car from a manufacturer and then you go to trade it in, you get extra money for trading it in as part of being a, essentially a loyalty program. So the idea would be games that are long and maybe even like annual series, like the uh, sports games and Call of Duty games, would be that you essentially trade your license for it and they give you 5 to $10 off, essentially, for you giving up your license for the previous year. They give you 5 to $10 off the next year up. Yeah. And I could see that with something like Call of Duty as well, definitely since they're focused around multiplayer and they like to see that user-based transition if they choose to do so. So that was an interesting one. But go ahead and uh, nab one off of uh, Discord. I know you got it open. Uh, the Snow Jedi says, I would, hopefully Sony, uh, I'm hoping Sony would introduce something sort of digital uh, like something I can't read today. Apparently, I would. I'm hoping Sony would introduce something sort of like a digital trading program. My plan is to get the PS5 digital edition, as I've already as I've already purchased digital only forever. Um, also, a mentality people don't think about either is that when you look at a stack of something, no matter what it is, no matter where it is, but if it's physically in front of you, you think there's stuff in that I don't need. So then yeah. your brain goes to, I need to trade this in, yeah. or I need, I don't play this anymore, or these magazines need to go in the trash or recycled or whatever. You don't have that mentality with digital. Um, there's been two or three games that I wish I would have refunded within a quick succession of playing them. But that's about it. But yeah, I don't look at my collection. I have 100, I looked before I recorded today, I have 178 purchased items on my PlayStation 4 that are all digital. Um it's purchased or just downloaded? It sounds like purchased, right? Purchased. Wow. Like if you go to your, I'm actually you surprised library, my number's way higher. Is it? Well, see, I go to my purchase tab and it's 178. Yeah. Um, but then also you got to think about too, PS Plus stuff in, is included in that. Yes, I know. and I don't do that rarely, almost never really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I add them on the off chance that I get bored one day and might play them. I do that. Like I did have the Bioshock collection. That's yeah, been sure. about it for like the past six months. Games like, that you actually of. do like, but you don't necessarily know that you'd make time for. Yeah, and um, so it's not really a, a thing the, like you like people who are who are thinking about this who are physical collectors or or they own their games physically. This is not something you think about when you have a digital collection. You don't think about it in a, in a sense of anything because um, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, it's out of sight, out of mind. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'll I'll pull one from Twitter real quick. Um. Or I thought I was going to pull one from Twitter. Is it one that you remembered reading? I thought so. Well, there's a couple of interesting ones. So I'm going to go through. This one's kind of interesting here. And this one leads towards what I really thought this conversation would lean itself most toward. And really, that's what most people kind of got to. Uh, Michael Potter Schneider over on Facebook says, I want to be able to sell my digital content just as I can sell a physical game. You want my copy of Witcher? Five dollars, and now you own the digital license. And I think that comes towards something that someone else actually kind of brought up, and that was in that conversation with Ken Nace. In that, one of the things that I think the move towards digital is going to really facilitate as we keep going is going to be 
how do people kind of get to that point of once you lose the physical aspect of it and the ability starts to get taken more away from you where physical is going to be only an option for when people, I mean, you actually, you may get to a point where there is no disk drive. So how are you physical? Yeah. Uh, so let's just say in that future, it's going to spur the question of what are your rights as a consumer? And right. if you own these things digitally, how does that really differentiate from you owning them physically? Why can't you choose what you do with them? Why can't you choose the same ownership? Now, one of the things that Ken said is that I think the only way that will be you will be able to sell our digital games is if a law gets passed that gives digital consumers, the our digital customers, the same rights as people who have physical goods. And it's an unlikely thing to happen right now because one of the weird things about the digital market and why I think that there's a decent push toward it is that right now, all of the problems and pitfalls of physical games, which is that they can be traded in the stores like GameStop, they can be sold and borrowed between people, which keeps people from potentially going out and buying the game themselves. Yeah. So it puts a hole in the money of not only the publisher, but the platform holder. So exactly. they both have interest in wanting you to go digital so that that ability goes away. But just because corporate greed in that particular situation exists, I really think that there's a big conversation to be had about why we don't already have those rights with our stuff. Well, it's because digital licenses are unlimited. Sure. So, but you, you can still transfer a digital or there's nothing that would keep you here. Okay. Here's really what's crazy about this for all of the bad of the original Xbox one reveal. Do you know the one interesting thing that almost came out of it? Hmm. The only thing that kind of would have been a step in the right direction in terms of digital content is that at that point in time, due to the DRM control, you were going to be able to essentially let people borrow your games license for a limited stint of time yeah. and stuff like that. Once all the DRM stuff kind of kind of backlashed against Microsoft, that conversation ended. Yeah, because it was completely. part of it. It was, all but, it, but it's like you know, you threw away the baby with the bathwater. You 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 didn't think about the fact that there are some good things in the majority of the bad. Well, not only that, but people also assumed that the bad, the DRM situation, was mm -hmm. really bad. Mm -hmm. I think they went away. I think they went about announcing it in the worst way possible. But when you think about it, we have that to this day. Your, your console constantly is in need of checking for firmware updates and, and software updates for the console itself, software for the games that you mm -hmm. have. And it's one of those things of like, I would have gone back and, and, and have been all for DRM in that nature too, if it meant being able to have the rights that, the, that people are wanting right now. I think the downside of that, and this is why, again, I think it was a... I understand why it happened. But in that one in particular... I think the problem comes from the fact that where we exist right now is is closer to a middle ground that's happy than what that was because the problem with that was that your system had to constantly connect to the internet to even let you play it. It if does you now. Didn't, you don't have to. Yeah, but I'm just saying our systems do now. Our systems do it, but if you live in somewhere where you don't have internet, you can still play your console with no problem. Or if you take your system somewhere where you don't have internet on vacation – you don't have a problem. You can still play it. And even your digital licenses, they don't have to be connected but once a year to double check yeah. and make sure. And even if you don't connect them, they actually don't stop working, I don't think. I actually have to figure that out. I know it's a worry that they might, but I that would be a really interesting thing. If so, you ha uh, like we talked about, some of your PS Plus games will randomly pop up to the top of your purchase list, and you're like, what the hell? It's and it's because your licenses updated. are renewing. Yeah. So in that sense, you know it only happens once or twice a year, once a year, maybe once every two years. In that regard, 
you're not really nearly as locked as you were when Xbox said you have to make your your system has to uh, be connected to the internet at least once per day. For you to be pl- to play your games, your games have to be connected online so they can DRM check at any given time before you start playing. Were the specifics actually once per day? Yes, once okay. per twenty four hours. But and that would I would assume be included with a rest mode that would. And actually, itself. the system launched with that. I don't know if you remember that. They had to patch it out very quickly. They had announced that they were going to, but the system still launched with it. And that's why I think to this day, you have to put your you have to put your Microsoft, your Xbox system, even the One X and all that, you have to put it in offline mode to be able to play it with no internet. And if it's, don't, don't you have to do the same thing for Sony? No. You don't have to go through no. and activate something to... Nope. All you have to do is make your for digital licenses, not for disc ones. You're right. But for digital licenses, uh, you have to just make sure that whenever you set your PlayStation up, you've set it as your primary. primary. But once okay. you've done that once, you never have to do it again. Yeah, that's what it is that I'm thinking yeah. of. And that's only for digital licenses. Well, that's all you have to do on Xbox. Yeah, is it uh, over the no, offline setting? Right? And again, they could have changed it, but I'm pretty sure it's to this day you have to go in and turn your system into offline mode for it to let you play those games. I really I know hope Steam they've does it, that. Steam but, has a uh, Steam has a very similar setting to that, yeah. but it's a one and done thing. Yeah, and and if I'm wrong and they have fixed it, but I remember that back when Trace had one, even three years ago, when Trace used to have a One X, he didn't have internet. So whenever he'd want to play it online, he'd have to go back, put it online mode. Then he'd do play it for a little while. He'd take it home, forget to put it in offline mode from whosever house he was on. And he'd call, he'd call me and say, hey, can I come bring the Xbox by so I can put it in offline mode? So let me that play sounds it. like he's being a dumb dumb and keeps forgetting something. Well, no, and I know because he didn't even know how to. He wasn't very good at doing it. You plug it up, you plug it. And now it could have been changed with an OS update, and I hope so. Because I always thought it was very archaic and like a remnant of the bad decision of the early days. Um, but yeah, the offline mode would make you go through and set it in offline mode before it lets you play it. Otherwise, but you had to connect to internet beforehand. You have to be connected to internet when you turn it to offline mode because it has to send that essentially through. It's crazy. I really hope it's changed. Really hope it's changed. But I don't know that it has. On Microsoft's website, it just says the but- press the button, go to general network settings, and select go offline. Does it make any mention of having to be online or having to be offline? Maybe that's what they did. Used to, you had to be connected to internet for it to go into offline mode. See, it doesn't say anything about this. Now, this just might be a, kind of one of those things of like... They don't do a good job of explaining it? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, but anyway, uh, get a couple more in here. Uh, a new member over in the Facebook, Mrs. Uh, Allie Diane Coble, she says, I love my physical copies too much. I'm not looking forward to the day physical games become obsolete. I'll still play and I'll still buy, but it won't be the same anymore. And I got to say, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I do buy occasionally digital for convenience, but it's normally just because it's so cheap that it'd be kind of ridiculous for me to not buy it at that point. Um, but more often than not, I really do like buying games physically. Uh, and I love that I can say, okay, I beat Man Eater. I'm done with it. I've had fun with it, but I'm going to go sell it to Josh Drago for 20 bucks and ship it to him in California. That's awesome. I got $20 back off of a purchase that I got my value out of and then sent it to someone else for a cheaper price. I know that in some ways that hurts the gaming's bottom dollar because no one's going to buy it. But that's how content media has always been. And I personally think it should always be. Your the value drops a ton, in my opinion, when you buy something at full price for sure. Sales get a little different on digital, and I think that that's a reasonable time. But full price on digital for me, and this is a personal thing, and I think that it's a couple people have it. I have that feeling that whenever I don't have that anymore, the ability to let someone borrow it, let someone play it, to try it out before they buy it, any of that, when the moment that's gone, I feel like half of the value of that game is gone to me. 
Well, that doesn't maybe to you. That's why I say it's a personal. But that also doesn't make any sense to me because it's the value of the game is what you value play it at it your, yourself. Yeah. But so right I now, because how, I buy this value doesn't come from potentially what you may do with it in terms of selling it. Value comes at the experience you have with it currently. Both when you buy physical, when you buy digital, one of those is. But how does that make you a, can't how does that away. how does that end value a digital game? Just well, because, like, because you don't go into that, you don't go into digital. See, this is the mindset thing. Well, no, people, I get it, but I'm saying physical naturally gives you that extra value of once I'm done with it, I can sell it if I don't need it, and it's not what well, you talked about early. It's not sitting around wasting space, wasting anything. Now, of course, there's, in your, there's value in, in that in your digital thing. You, it's not wasting space so much as it's just it's there. It's in your library, and you're never going to play it again. But it's there. There's ups and downsides. Well, that's a value of that too. Yeah, there's ups and downsides. Once you buy a digital, you have you have it forever. So like, there are games like Witcher Three that I still have that Mm -hmm. I can download again if I ever want to play it again. Yeah. Instead of having to go out and spend the money, and and there are plenty of people in this world like me who, if you have a physical copy and you're done with it, or you think you're done with it, you trade trade it in, in, and then you're a year later, you're like, oh dang, yeah, I kind of want to go play this again. Yeah. I guarantee you, I want people who listen to the show tell me you do that. Oh, I and know. Let me know who you are because I know I know for sure a couple of y'all on our Discord that do that. Um, <laughs> but still, all I say is that even then, the choice is there. You know how many of my physical games I've owned for the life of my play, or the from the day I got them to still having them now? Because it's like to me, the chances of me playing this again are high enough that I, I'm willing to risk it sitting there and losing value it could have had up front for me reselling it because I have I want to play it and I like that I have that option. Well, but I also like that I look at Man Eater and I go. I loved Maneater. It's super fun. I really enjoyed it. But I'm never going to play it again. It's not that special. It was just fun and unique. And that I can get extra money out of it, get it out of my way, make someone else's day. It's value that's beyond the game itself. And that, and you're right. The, the game itself still has its own inherent value and the experience that you have with it. But when you buy physical, you get an added, you get an added layer of value of you also get to do whatever you want to with it. If you want it to sit there and be a coaster for your drink, you can. If you want to let it sit there as a collectible that you like to look at and go, I played that game, all, I enjoy all it, this, you can. All this boils down to is two different mindsets because oh, are, if you're yeah. buying it, preference. It, so, but when you buy a digital game, do you th- immediately think, well, I'm already losing value on this game because I can't do that? Yeah, actually, I do. That's that's a that to me is a completely one. And that's mindset. why I, I only buy them on sale. How often do you see me buy a digital game? The only digital quite game, a lot lately. The only digital a game a lot lately. What do you mean? Didn't you buy Gris um, on sale? Yeah, you didn't buy that physically though. No, but I bought it on sale. It's not available. Physically. I know, but I'm saying you download games lately quite a lot. Oh yeah, but I'm saying when do I do it when they're not on sale? I don't know. Yeah, my my stipulation for buying a, a game digitally is it either has to not be available physically, so I don't have an option, which is what a lot of games fall into. And even then I still normally will wait for a sale because it's like, I can't do anything with it once it's done. If I decide I don't want to play it anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's for me buying games on sale. The only game I've bought full price. And it was honestly because I didn't know for sure. And I promise y'all I was going to play. I didn't know if Minecraft dungeons got a physical release. So I decided to just roll the you dice. Promise and you would it. play. I, t- oh, I promised uh, Sean I would. Oh. <laughs> and then you kind of came into that fold already you, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, I said I'd do it, so I'm going to go ahead and buy it and play it. And it's $20, and it's fine. But I, in a way, I wish I would have bought that physically. Not even – I wouldn't have sold it. I just – I would have preferred to have it physically if it's available physically. I haven't looked it up. Uh, but that's one of the only full-price – uh, digital games I've bought recently besides Blackwood Crossing, which I just got it. It's full price because I got sent birthday PSN. Money. I guess once you get into the mindset, and I don't think that that's physical either. I, I guess once you get into the mindset or mentality that you're keeping this, that what you're buying is permanent, 
then you are automatically have no invaluations with that kind of mindset. Which brings us to a point that Ken also brought up. And I'm glad that you said that because I think it's one of the most important aspects of this. And it goes back to something we've talked about in the show a lot. Um, he said, I wonder if as digital gets bigger and bigger, if people will be less and less likely to try new and different games, if they know that they can't seek or trade or sell or trade them is what he meant to say, if they don't like them. And I think that that's Wouldn't true. You just it, buy the, re, the, the physical version. He's saying if, if digital gets to a point where that, the, the physical goes away, it creates the issue of people are going to have less motivation to try a game. They otherwise wouldn't have. Now, what, but I think by there's then, a, there's a savior here in the weird way, and right? everything would be more of a, that, of a and that's what he brought up is that demos become the very big thing. Demos have to come back for this to be more viable or right. I mean, yeah, that, the saving that's, grace of something like games pass or no, no that's that, one of the other the, things the, services, something like the steam refund policy. You have two sure. hours to determine if you want to play, if you want to keep this sure. game in your library or not. And that goes back to last week's episode yeah. right now. PlayStation, you do not have that. that well, that's what I'm saying is like, if you look at steam, which is all digital, pretty much everybody on pc if you if you build a pc in 2020 you're not putting a disc drive in it and it's yet they still rare. sell games physically yeah it's, it's very really weird very very rare i mean i'm build, glad they do yeah to but. build a pc and to put a disc drive in it nowadays yeah um as a matter of fact it's kind of hard to find a case that has a slot for a disc drive most case you'll find nowadays won't have a disc drive on it. My my case right now has a disc drive slot, but it doesn't have a disc drive in it. Yeah, mine mine has no disc drive slot. It's pure yeah. it's pure plastic mesh on the front. There's nothing there. Yeah. Um. But that's the thing is that like it, Steam itself has a foundation on hey you buy this game maybe this game's not optimized well for your PC or maybe you don't like this game you have two hours to decide that then you just refund it if you yeah. don't and it's like I said I've done it three times now or two times now not an issue yeah not a and single now, issue. it took them time to get there it's gonna take PlayStation time to get there and it took Xbox time to get there yeah so we're on the right that's, track that's and that's I'm, a better point that's what I'm saying yeah. is that you have when if if physical copies were to go away completely you have you have to have a foundation there. Yes, you do. And I think that that foundation would be a very places like Sony or people like Sony and Microsoft. They're not just going to have this no name BS reason on like, well, all our discs are now gone. So here's digital copies. Do we get demos? No, nobody will buy things from them. Do, do you get what demos? No. Oh, demos. Yeah. yeah. Nobody would buy things from them anymore. Well, you know, it comes back to the other thing that we talked about, uh, as it was, a, it was a feature that was supposed to be introduced in the PlayStation Four life cycle. Yeah, but now never it has did. It, is the PS Now option. I really don't see why all PlayStation users can't use PS Now for that. Yeah, and then if you want to use PS Now as a as a different service to continue streaming the game because you just found it convenient, then you pay. I would pay two ninety nine a month to let me play a game to let me test play games on the store. Yeah, but that should just be free. There's no reason. I know, but I'm saying I would. But yeah. that's three dollars a month that you can go through and play any game that's out right now mm-hmm. and test drive it. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Those things need to come back, but we'll go ahead and uh, throw a couple more in here. Let's see. Uh, Richard Schaefer. Let me get this one out of the way because this yeah, one is interesting. interesting. Richard Schaefer on Twitter says, absolutely, I'm not a big trophy hunter, so I usually simply play a game for completion, not platinum chasing. So I end up with so many games I'll never go back to. The chance of picking something up new at a reduced price is always welcome. Yeah. And that is a big thing. See, uh, and that's kind of weird where the where that opinion for him is like, yeah, I'm not going to play these games ever again. He doesn't have the the mindset of like, I'm just going to buy them and then potentially sell them or trade them in. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to buy them and I'm one and done. So absolutely, they should have some sort of mm-hmm. trade-in policy for yeah. him. Uh, and the last one we'll do over here is Mr. Iris Joe 13 on uh, Twitter. He says, I've thought about that for a long time. Why wouldn't Sony do this? 
Then I thought, why would they do it? It's not like Sony would get money from doing that. It's not smart business-wise. Then I was thinking, what about trading games with others? That might be work with a $1. That might work with a $1 fee. And that brought up an interesting thing. Because clearly the, the rights for that digital license would have to transfer. Yes. What work goes into that? It should be automatic, automated. It shouldn't be anything. But the you system, so. as we know, PSN is a little fickle and outdated. It would be it's something store, that probably yeah. took some time to implement. So the $1 fee would be something in the long run is just like a, hey, this is to kind of compensate us for all the work we did building this in. Now, in the long run, yeah, you should have just built a better system. But if, let's just say, if there was a situation where we can go, you know what? I love The Witcher. And I had a great time with it, but I'm done with it. And I want to just give it to Saul. Why can't I just spend $1 to just be like, here goes Saul. But why does here's, that my, have, here's my digital license. Why does that even have to be a dollar? Here's what I can it show you be one better. <laughs> I can show you a future where imagine the PS4 crossbar, which would not look the same on PS5, I'm almost guaranteed. Oh, yeah. But then you have your layout of games. And then one of those games has a, has a transparent gridlock on it. You go over there and hover on it, and it says, oh, hey, I forgot. I let Saul borrow this game. It's still on your PlayStation, mm-hmm. and you just can't play it until Saul's done with the license, which he could just give it right on back. Now, I and honestly, in an ideal world, that's exactly what I'd want. Except here's the thing. And that People comes would into, complain because they'd be idiots and like, oh, my friend on Twitter, I let him borrow Destiny 2. Now he just won't give it back to me, which you should be able to revoke the, the right from them if you were the sure, owner of the game. Sure, And that comes into something that Mr. Crash, the animal, one of our patrons, and he doesn't normally hop into these. So thanks, Corey. He says, honestly, I think it'd be really cool if you could find or if you could make some kind of a rental system to allow friends to download and essentially borrow your digital games. Like give your friends a code. They could download the game and have it for a rental period of about a week or so. So your friends would not be getting the license for the video game, but it's kind of like a peer-to-peer game streaming platform like PS Now. It's always been my biggest downfall of digital only. When I finish a game, if I loved it, I want to share it with my friends. If I finish the game and I'm not going back to it, I should be able to let my friend play it without him having to spend $60 to play the said game. I, I, this is where I'm just selfish. and I'm like, we're all adults here. We all make money. And go you buy all go the, buy it? Go buy the game. Ain't nothing wrong. That Yeah, I get that. And this comes into a really weird thing because it's like if you want gaming to continue, they do have to make money. Yeah. But there is a line that can be met to where it's good for consumers while still good for the company and both take some hits. And I think we're kind of close right now, even with I feel like we don't have enough rights for digital. So, But, you know. Let me ask you this. There was a leak on Amazon, and we'll get into the uh, PS5 showcase here in a second. There was a leak on Amazon mm-hmm. that we don't know if it's true or not. Uh, but we saw games at $69 euro, yeah. not 59 like they are this generation. Yep. Well, if games next generation came out at $70, <clears throat> but the digital versions on each store for Microsoft and Sony were $60, $10 cheaper, yep. would they make more money because it's going straight into their pockets through that alone without having to worry about distributing X amount of copies do you think they'd make the same amount of money or more money or more. less money? More. more money. Because yes. they're not having to worry about all the copies of games they're having to produce. Yep. No yeah. shipping, no no plastic to be dealt with, no discs to be pressed, yeah. nothing. No manuals to have to worry about. Do you include or do you not include? Because it, it takes more out of your overhead. You know what I mean? So what, they'll, so, they'll definitely make more money. So something that's interesting to me that is in kind of a parallel to that is that Animal Crossing came out at a perfect time for a game like Animal Crossing to come out in. Yeah, very Whatever. much. It... it it is one of, and still, the main reason you can't really find a Nintendo Switch somewhere. Do we have a new conspiracy theory that Nintendo caused COVID so that they could sell Animal Crossing we at unprecedented not, rates? We do not have that conspiracy theory. I Alex think we, Jones. I, I, um, <laughs> but, so, 
you gotta think of it this way. If you could have found a copy of Animal Crossing, people mm-hmm. just bought it digitally, and they did. Yes. And we saw record numbers for Animal Crossing digital sales on yep. the Switch because of that. To me, say Last of Us 2 comes out, and they only make 1 million copies. Oh, physical? Yeah. Physical, yeah. I guarantee if it came out a discounted price on the digital store, they would make more money than if they made 4 million copies. Of course they would. 5 million No copies. overhead? Yeah. Going direct to thing? Uh, Less copies that have to funnel through GameStop because, like, that's the thing that kind of bothers me is the way GameStop operates with their business. You go buy a used, say, I love Heart Fracture. Say they go and Hyperlight Drifter is sitting there and it's a collector's edition. It's all nice and shiny, but it's used. Mm-hmm. They're not getting any of that money. Mm-hmm. But if I go just on the store to buy it, they get it all. Or will they get more? I don't think they get it all because yeah. it, Sony takes a cut for being on the store or whatever. But still, and it makes sense because GameStop is providing you a cheaper game, but then GameStop takes it all from the publisher and then the company, the developer. Yeah. So for me, that's almost all my, my ultimate screw you to GameStop is like telling everybody to buy digital because eventually if that becomes a thing, then these, these companies are going to make more money. And people know that when you are in a hobby of any kind, if the ecosystem that is involving the hobby is rich, the hobby will suffice for a lot, lot longer. Sure. Look at all these weird, very, very cliche hobbies like geocaching. Yeah. That right there, there are still people that do that. I did not know a person in 2008 who did not know what that was. Me saying that word there probably made people who are listening realize, oh, I forgot that was even a thing. But it's still going on, but it's almost, it's it's at very low numbers because of that. Because there is no, it's very user-reliant. It's very user-costed. Because you're essentially taking something you own to give it to somebody else in a box. Mm-hmm. You take something like kayaking. Say like the three major brands of kayaks all failed or whatever. And there are none. Now you're going to Walmart to get your crappy kayaks. And then now people who are passionate about it don't want this bad quality. So then they do with what... Oh, I just had a good analogy there. And I, I lost it. Um, but longboarding, skateboarding, rollerblading, baseball, if the if the hobby itself collapses in on itself financially, yeah. you're not going to, if you're passionate about it, you have a PS4 in there. You don't want to go buy a, a, a Sega Mini to replace it if that <laughs> thing died and there was no more PS4s. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, you probably would to get a gaming fix, but you're not going to be happy about it. You'll eventually find something else. Yeah. And I think that to me, if if... I think it's very anti-consumer. I mean, it's very pro-company. Um, I don't know what pro-company, I guess. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But it's very pro-corporate. It's very pro-corporate to have this kind of mentality, but it's also anti-corporate because I hate GameStop. And I'd rather <laughs> it's see... It's pro-one corporate, anti-one. Yeah, I'd rather <laughs> see companies that I care for flourish more than... Companies I disdain. See, and now you actually reached an interesting spot, and then we can get off of this. Uh, but that's, I, I agree with you in the sense of I don't buy used games oh, very seldom. Yeah. Only used because game you I support bought. The developers. Only used game I bought in three years was Fallout 76. And it's because I didn't know for sure if I was going to like it. So it was a way for me to kind of just. And Bethesda trial shouldn't it. get that money anyways. Yeah, maybe. That's all, you know what I mean? Arguable there. But my point being. You know that I buy new. I go out of my way to buy new. Now, if I can find a way to buy new and still save money, I do. You know, I bought Maneater at Walmart because it was cheaper and great. 
uh, you know, I'll pre-order in ways. If you like, when Amazon used to pre-order and save you ten dollars, great. I'll do Every that. time you say man eater, by the way, I think a manhunt. Okay, I don't know yeah, why. I feel, but yeah, I, I'm definitely with you on that, and you know, that's a way that you can support local businesses around you while still, whether or not you want to support GameStop, you can still support a brick and mortar in your area that you like uh, which, that sells which, physical which, games. Yeah, which I will say to do. We used to have a really good one here, yes. Borderlands, yeah, or Borderland Games. Fantastic guy who owned it. They had a really cool environment there. You can go there and rent a system and sit there and play it, like almost like a land cafe. Which is probably not amazing anywhere. Probably not surprising anywhere else. But for our area, that yeah, was it's that, still not been it done was, since it was he's left. A one of, and that was six years ago mm. that he's been open since. I think. Yeah, he's been closed. Yeah, and and he only closed because he got bought out. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's one of those things that's like. I don't like GameStop mainly because of their practices. I, I, I being having left retail, if I hear stories or if I see stories that are very, 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 very anti-employee or anti-consumer and the corporations that's doing it, and they don't care. I'm not going to like that company. Yeah. Um, yeah. And GameStop, you can find millions of stories online. You just with the COVID stuff that happened, you can find people with like legitimate probably illegal recordings of like district manager meetings with all the store managers on phone. They recorded it and they were like, listen, y'all don't close until police come and tell y'all to close. They're yeah. like, but we're in a curfew. I don't care. You stay open until 9 PM. You don't close those doors until police come drag you out of the store. It's like, dude, that's your employee. Like that's, that is an extension of your management and you're just throwing them out there to the wind. Yep. They don't care. They care about that profit and that money. Yep. And every company's like that. And honestly, every well, company, company's about profit and money, but they don't have to be solely about that. Well, yeah, but, and, well, they all are, but they're just not going to show you that. Yeah. It's until you see the bad side of companies. Well, it's the crazy part of sometimes good PR and doing something that takes an initial hit actually gets you more money in the long run. That's what it is. Well, it's kind of like companies nowadays. Like, it's actually funny that uh, on Twitter, um, people are being very outspoken right now about companies with rainbow um yeah logos because it's like this is just a pr stunt they just want your money Mm -hmm. yeah like like don't give them money because they changed their logo if if you know they don't support this every other month of the year and it's like yeah exactly you gotta see through or the the, the funny thing of speaking of bethesda where all of their different locations change to the rainbow logo except for uh, but saudi arabia Arabia. russia and one other yeah we're just like that that, that, that speaks volumes about that company well, because um, it, it, it's interesting. It means that we care about you as so long as it doesn't affect our business. But it affects our business too heavily in Saudi Arabia for us to be able to do it because that's not positively looked at in Saudi Arabia. That's not positively looked at a lot of places. And when they still sure, hit it in sure. those places. Yeah, but it, it, you're going to have the biggest upset in places that are very anti. So you're, you're right, though. Uh, PR, people don't. And it sucks, really. It really does. One of my f- that companies are so PR driven because you don't know if what they're doing is really for the good. If because I'll someone was like right it's now. for the good There's, of the customer, they're, they're almost if it's a big multi billion dollar company, multi million dollar company, yeah. that is never, never for the good of what you think it is. It's yeah. just for the good of their pockets. Now there may be someone in the company that's doing that, right? Or who thinks that way, right? But even if the person who's like this is so cool and helping people, the main reason is because they know it's going to make them more money somewhere else. That's, that's, exactly. that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know. So, and, and that sucks because it makes it so hard to want to really like a company because it's like they could just be terrible and, and hate everything about me. But, you know. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite subreddits in the world is, um, is called Hell Corporate. And what it is, is like, um, uh, it is essentially, and 
it's kind of crazy because you don't really pay attention to this kind of stuff online normally. But it's essentially you're scrolling through Reddit mm-hmm. and you see somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I got this cool new watch. And it's a watch that you don't know the name of the brand of, but then your eyes looks like a McDonald's cup in the background. And you're like, huh. And then you go to this user and it's like brand new account. Like, well, that's kind of weird. Why like, does this have a hundred thousand upvotes on it? It's just a crappy off brand watch. And you realize this is an advertisement for McDonald's. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's literally one of the coolest like ways in my mind to, to see how, how crazy PR is because yes. you are being advertised and you have no idea. And this isn't some kind of like deep state thinking, like kind of conspiracy theory. <laughs> like literally, um, there it's it's just one of those things of like product placement. Product placement, yeah. yeah. And it's it, it's this is literally a pregnancy announcement, and it, and it says this is how we announce our pregnancy, to our friends, and our family, and it has a prego right in the middle. It's like, yep. did they get paid? And like, wow, prego. There's was that Netflix Canada Drive, or is that just? Yeah, what does but, that do with pregnancy? Unless there's some kind of really messed up joke there, I'm not getting. I don't know either. But then you have this, like it's all facing, all the logos, everything are facing the camera, which is a very odd way to take um, take a picture. But there you go. We'll, we we are now product placement. Mountain Dew, please give me money, please. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into the main topic of the show. I uh, thank everybody for coming in uh, as always on very short notice. I woke up this morning. I have a good excuse this week. Birthday stuff had me everywhere and uh, went out of town and had a really good time. Uh, but lost track of time, woke up and was like, oh Lord, I didn't post it. So first thing I did this morning at like 830 in the morning was post that. So you guys came through in spades like you always do. Appreciate you. Uh, and... We're going to go ahead and move on to the Sony event, which I guess the best way to kind of do it is Saul and I watched it separate times. Saul had to keep working, so I came home and did the stream. Uh, so I think Saul tried to save as much for it for himself to go back and kind of watch as a singular event. Oh, I did. The, okay. only, thing I, the only thing I looked at at work was the console. Okay. I looked at the console, and then Josh was like, hey, Saul, come look at this. And I was like, I went out there and looked, and it was the Demon Souls Remastered trailer. He's like, I wonder what this is. And I was looking at it. And then I did the overhead because I, I'm pretty sure it's been a long time since I played Demon Souls. I'm pretty sure all the footage up until a certain point was new or it's redone. Because no, all of it was redone, but just essentially a recreation of the intro to the game. Well, see, and the I, original trailer. I remember the intro to the game being the eagle flying with a body. Yeah, but there's I, stuff before that. Is there? Okay, yeah. see, I don't remember that. But yeah. whenever I saw the eagle that's flying the with the body, that's the iconic part. I was like, that's Demon Souls. It's not Souls. an eagle. It's one of the old ones. But yeah. Well, yeah, but you know. Yeah. It, it's something flying with a body. Spoilers, call me equal. Um, But anyway, yeah, the event. I think we just want to kind of start off with. What did you think about it as just a whole? Before we start breaking down everything, as a whole, um, it's it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like it started off, and I'm like, Sony, what are you thinking? Like Grand Theft Auto Five for the fourth (laughs) generation now, and this is supposed to be like your PS Five game generation. Third generation? Third this generation. Would be the third yeah, third right, generation. Yeah. I was going to say fourth. I was like, did it come on something? I was no. They, they, it's a, it's a, it was it's, a PSP game. <laughs> it's, a, it's launched across what now, though? Five consoles? It'll be PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PS4, PC, Xbox 360, PS3. So yeah. seven consoles. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nintendo Switch probably soon. I don't know. Um, I don't see that game working on Switch. <laughs> maybe not. I, they got Witcher working on Switch. It'll though. be the Outer Worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah the Outer Worlds is a bad example. Switch or Witcher is pretty good example though for a big game. Like yeah, that. but I think that population is such a big thing. In There's just be like one person on each street. That'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Grand Theft Auto, but there's only one car to pick from in any given time. Uh, but overall, like I thought the event was was fine. I thought it was good. Um, it didn't blow my socks off, except for the announcement of two things that we'll get into individually. Sure. Um, it, it did a good job, and I was kind of curious at a couple of the announcements they made because they kept them so hell wi- the, well hidden. But at the same time, a lot of industry people were speaking about how excited they were for this, and I think that overhyped me. Because there's a couple things in here that I'm not, I did not care about seeing, and there's a couple things in here. And once again, this is opinion, so this could be different for you. But sure. um, there's a couple things in there that I'm like, that's kind of cool. But why is that here? Like, like we'll get into that here in a second too. Oh, if you have an example, I mean, throw it out. Just project. Okay. No. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. yeah. And we immediately that, that game doesn't even have a name. I'm just gonna call it project because like I don't even. There's no point in calling the main character's name out there too because we don't even that that main character. This could be Noctis again. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, trust me. Yeah, we will talk about that in just a minute in more depth. Yeah, like there's a couple things in here that 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 like um, it, it's like how did NBA, you not learn a lesson the 2K, first time around? Two K twenty one or whatever it's gonna be. Yeah, like I get it. We're getting, we're getting sports. Every console reveal or whatever has to. You have to see sports. Microsoft did it too, where they had FIFA in there or yeah. or PES, I guess. Oh yeah. PES. I always call it PES. So, PES. but I've heard other people call it PES, and every time I think of PES, and I'm like. Are you saying piss? Bro? It's like piss, but like piss, piss, <laughs> piss. Uh, uh, but yeah, like I thought it was good. What about you? I really enjoyed it, and it's weird. It's a sum of its parts thing, to where I don't know that any. Okay, I'm not gonna say that. There was a there was a few like holy crap announcements, and then the rest of them were like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, like there was there was two holy crap moments. Yeah, and then there was the rest of it was like, I saw that coming, but it looks cool. Then there was like that's kind of a game I don't care about. That looks cool. That's brand new. I've never seen that before. Yeah, this game doesn't have a title. Why, why am I seeing it now? So where I was going with that is, there. I think that this might actually be from a from a widest possible audience while still keeping the majority of people their attention held. Yeah, I think this may be the best showcase that Sony's ever done because I can't think of a time when show, when Sony have shown such a different breadth of games. And the reason I say that is like, think about this. One of the biggest complaints that's come out of Sony recently throughout the PS4 generation as a whole, really, and they did have a couple of games that were outliers, but for the most part, it was, this is a third person action adventure game machine. That's just what it is. And, yeah. and honestly, it's true. As much it's as I love that, we saw there yeah, as much as I reveal. love that, you see that in a lot of the stuff here. But they were really smart, whether it was first, second, or third party, because it had a bunch of different stuff going on. They were really smart to include uh, bringing back IP that's not been touched much this generation. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then doing new IP for stuff, also partnering with people to do new things. I think I can't think of a time where Sony has shown such big, normal PS4 era Sony while also showing things that kind of seem like PS2 and PS3 weird era Sony, where they do unique and interesting stuff. Like I got I, you on one of those. Like Bug Snacks, great trailer to throw in there because it gives something that's like, okay, well, if you are interested in PlayStation Five, but you're not necessarily interested in these hyper crazy stories, what if you just want to play something cute? What if you want to play a platforming game? What if you want a couple of platforming games? What if you want something that's lighthearted that all your fam- a family can play and isn't super brooding like uh, The Last of Us Two, which isn't a hit against it, but it's. Clear Clearly, The Last of Us 2 has a market, and it's yeah. not going to be everyone. So 
When you think about what Sony's doing right now, you have The Last of Us and you have Ghost, which are two very serious games. I think that the best thing they could have done is, th- and we talked Lighten about it, it up a little we bit. We talked it back. We talked about it back with Knack Two, and then we haven't seen anything since Knack Two that was like, oh, this is family friendly. But it kind of seemed like they were trying to try that again. But now we have Ratchet and Clank. We have uh, Sack Boy coming back around, and I'm so happy about that. We have the Bugs Astro's Playroom. We have the new Astro Playroom that's going to be free for everyone. And I thought that during a trailer, this is going to be a PS5 pre-installed game like the first Playroom was. Yeah, awesome, great. This to me, this this to me is going to be Playroom, but it's going to have this game. Yes, in it. it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be the Playroom featuring this game. Yeah, um, so that was awesome. I just think across the board, this is. They showed interesting indie games that were like, without having to necessarily be kid friendly, they were just interesting. You know, I don't know how I feel necessarily about that goodbye of Volcano High or whatever it is, but the whole time I was like, this is interesting. Well, um, so good job on just having variety. Good, yeah, good job on variety for sure. Um, I will say though, the last time I think I've ever been hyped through the roof for anything gaming that was at a conference was probably Sony 2017. 17. Shadow of the Colossus and God of War yeah. being in, in the same time. It's like God of Demon Souls. We've thought about. We've expected at a point now. Yeah. Now don't wrong. Shadow of Colossus it still made my heart just yeah, like. Yeah, but, but Shadow you're right. Colossus. No rumors that no necessarily rumors, points no to it. Leaks. No out of the blue. It just out there. Um, now Demon Souls though. This is coming from the biggest Dark Souls fanboy. I'm wearing a Dark Souls shirt, and that's unintentional today. Um, Chef kiss. <laughs> Chef kiss indeed. That's all I can say when I got done watching All right, well, let's go ahead and kind of break into it. I think the best way to start is just to start with the first party stuff. Yeah, let's let's, let's Let's go ahead and loop all the nine new first party, or I should say first party IP. It doesn't necessarily mean it's first party studios working on it. So we'll go off of that. Uh, So clearly the first thing we'll talk about is probably one of the biggest moments of the show. Which is You're on a different article than me. Yeah, I clicked through because this one it breaks around just to the nine games. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, first game I think that's pr- fairly reasonable to talk about, and I do think was a big moment. Not what you click through. I'm not surprised to be fair. I clearly know what it is, and then that it was coming. But Horizon Zero Dawn two, or in this case, I'm mean, actually West. really yeah, Forbidden West, and kind of focusing on calling it Horizon Forbidden West instead of emphasizing two. Yeah, two. If you look at the logo, it's there, but it's, it's very there. small. Yeah, but um, but they're not worried about necessarily like even right here, they're not referring to it as Horizon yeah, two. It, they're just, just referring to it as Forbidden West. West. Now, I'll say that that this trailer here is what I reveled. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla 4. It's such a good trailer that, like, we both had problems with Horizon, but we both, I will say, we both would give it an 8 out of 10 game, right? 7, 8, somewhere in that. Yeah, most of my problems with it were. Were bad characters that, that weren't main next, characters. Yeah, that could be fixed next gen. Yeah, um, too. The stale Our, animations in some parts, sure. and yeah. some of the the script was kind of bland and boring. Yeah, but. Um, this made me. I have the Platinum Horizon. I want to go back and play Horizon because of this trailer again. It made me want to play Frozen Wilds because I haven't done. Yeah, that. I was exactly. Like, I, was like, I can I was play like, Frozen Wilds. Do like, something new. What is this to go through and play? The original game will go over again. Refresh me on the story and hop in the DLC. It's and all twenty dollars now. The thing about the DLC that's really cool. Just in case you you didn't know, the uh, they brought motion capture into the DLC. Yeah, so, so a seen, lot of the animation yeah, has been the good, fixed. The better animations, uh, facial animations, and better character voice acting is kind of in there because it was voice acted mocap. At the same Some time. of the voice acting in the base game of that was is, pretty is rough. rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think that they at least started with the DLC, making a conscious effort towards fixing some of the more weird spots of the game. Well, you know what's funny is, is I've said before, and I know this may be disagreed upon by a lot of people, but I would not consider Horizon to be a system seller. Oh, I definitely consider it a system seller. 
Diablo, despite the fact that it's not perfect. I it's really it's, it's well, still a fantastic game. I, I consider you know what I mean? it. I consider it in a package of games. I would say a system, system seller. But if somebody was like, I'm thinking about getting a PS4 for Horizon. Is that a good idea? I'm like. There, Horizon. There's other games too. Like I would probably recommend them other games before just Horizon to to sell somebody on the system. I don't know, man. Horizon was such a crazy seller that I'd almost go as to call it. I know people who have bought a PlayStation. Well, I'm saying I'm saying for me. Yeah, I I understand that people bought the game for for the console. But I'm saying I guess I'm looking at objectively. You're looking at personally. Subjectively, yeah. yeah. I'm saying that like I would not personally recommend somebody buy a PS4 based on Horizon. Yeah, I would lump it into games with it. I'd say yeah, if you're gonna buy a PS4 and you come to me with Horizon, get Horizon, but also get The Last of Us Remastered and get Shadow the Colossus and get Dark Souls Remastered, Dark Souls Two and Three. I would give them a bunch of games. I will say. That Horizon Two, I would classify as a system seller for the PS Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say that that right there, the quality of that, the different biomes that they showed off in that trailer, made it so much. Horizon was never bland; it was the exact opposite. But I think that's half of what makes it. Even when it gets weak, it's still so whimsical and interesting that it it carries the game. But it was samey, and this shows you that this is going to be a lot different because there's yeah. only like what three biomes in horizon technically you had well frozen wilds i guess adds a fourth I, i'm counting the base because i can't yeah. go off that um yeah. but well i mean snow was in the original game wasn't it i didn't think so it's been it's been whenever it came out since i played it yeah right? same but i mean um, i remember there being the desert area i remember there, there being the, desert, the forest the jungle area. And, uh, and like kind of just the overgrown areas yeah um but yeah this though underwater mountainous region i guess yeah, yeah underwater um which looked amazing. The the dense jungle at the at the end of the trailer, yeah, looked amazing. Um, I the, would say, the red sand when she's up on those dunes. I'm yeah. like, that looks great. I will say that this that that I would say I would recommend like if you're gonna buy a PS4 and you're buying only for Horizon, I'm not gonna stop you, but I'll say hey, get a couple of these other games to go with it. Yeah, um, because I but I will say that like for me, if all they showed was Horizon two, if that's all I knew was coming launch on PS5. I would buy a PS5 with Horizon 2. Like, okay, cool. I know there's other games, but that will hold me over. Yeah, sure. Well, to wrap up Horizon, I think the one cool thing that really kind of got me, and I was curious as to whether we'd see this, because in the first game, it was kind of like, well, the machine life forms kind of make it impossible for more Humans. normal life forms. Yeah, to kind of thrive because of well, how... I guess I should say like, things like foxes and stuff. You don't see other animals. You don't see other fauna. You see machinery stuff. You see yeah. some birds, I think, in the first game, which makes sense. It'd be easier for birds to not be as hampered by right, robots, the, the, the machines. But... For the most part, you didn't see much, but I thought this game was really cool in that it immediately showed off the hermit crab Fishies. setup. You had fish, you had the fox situation. I was like, this is really interesting. I like the idea of bringing some of the, and it makes me wonder. The fox was dead, though. Yeah, I know. But is this, but clearly it wasn't decayed, so it was recently dead. No, it's dead. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you look at it, I assume that this is going to be not in the same area as the first game. I think it's going to be entirely in a new region. Yeah, like, I, I'm pretty right? sure that, that she will travel to get to here. Like, I'm pretty sure that like, that would be what I would think the game would open up with. Sure. I, now, I don't know because I don't know how Frozen Wilds ends. I, w- I went completely off of a review of Frozen Wilds. That well, that Frozen Wilds doesn't, isn't on the after. You know, that's the thing. It, it takes place during the game. Oh, yeah, it does. I hate I yeah. honestly hate timeline DLC like that. I don't really, I don't mind it. That's where King's Glaive for like Final Fantasy 15 is like in between chapter 7 and 8. Oh, the movie? Or you yeah. the DLC? The movie is, is, is chapter, is, is, it, it takes place 
right after chapter one. It's like between chapter one and two. No, the, like if you look at the actual timeline of when you're supposed to watch that movie in the story, trust me, I'll research oh, this. Oh, maybe when, but in terms of when it chronologically takes place, it's just probably the most impactful if you watch it. Like, oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, but either way, I like the idea of bringing in real animals, and I'm sure that there was probably some reason as to why they didn't do it, whether it was time or technical limitation in the first game. I'm going to go with but technical I like, limitations. I like coming back hard. To it. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, original one. I just think it's a cool idea, and I wonder what they're going to do with that. Is Please. how you pull in new ones. And Please add uh, New Game Plus. Because that armor at the end of the game in the first one was really cool, but you really didn't have time to do use it that well. New Game Plus did come into the first game later. Now, it should be there at launch, and that's cool, too. But I didn't know if you were aware of that. So can I take my save? From- as far as I know, yes. Okay, so then I should be able to play through... And there's difficulty modes now, so you can play on hard. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so so next up... Added a game. Uh, that, to me, is how you add a replayability to a game that you already have platinum in. Big thing I want from Sony this gen... Also a good story. I like that they've supported the games by adding New Game Plus to all of them later, but I really think they need to work on having New Game Plus out day one. I really... See, this is... I've said it a million times. I really think they need to worry about setting an expectation... Going into a generation on that, if we are going to see games like a big first-party AAA title once every three years, set us that expectation and don't reveal games early. Because I think that once they reveal a game early, there's immediate pressure to hit a window that people are speculating, fake making fake rumors about, and that's why there are things that get left out. out because they're having to rush it out. Sure, if they didn't release it, like like for example. The next one we'll talk about, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. That's coming this year. Yes. That is a launch yes. title, which we now officially know what it really is. Okay, and that is a good point of conversation. I was surprised at how much controversy this caused. I should say, I think it's fair to say that Sony Sony should have clarified in the trailer, but I guess because I was one of the people who, as soon as I saw it, I said, oh, this is just essentially the lost legacy from Uncharted for Spider-Man. I immediately, it's going to mainly be on the same engine. It's going to be on PS5. That's cool. It's going to, And it's probably only going to be on PS5. But it's not a full-on sequel. It's just kind of mini new content with Miles that is not a full game. It's probably going to be like 10 I hours. I immediately thought it was a standalone DLC. Yeah. Uh, or maybe even just a DLC that had PS5 enhancements. I thought one of those two. But and, my, I did lean more towards standalone. And now they've clarified that this is, in fact, a remaster of a PS5 of PS5 version of Spider-Man. No. What do you mean, no? Been since clarified again. What do you mean they clarified? They explicitly said this is a remake of Spider-Man <laughs> with this added. It's a standalone game. So are they remaking Spider-Man for PS5 or not? It doesn't sound like they're remaking it for it. It sounds like, and this is Jason Schreier and some well, other people. Well, hold on here. So, and some other people. No, but even, he is right majority even, of the time. Even but. Insomniac came and put a thing that said this standalone game will be revealed more but soon. It's a standalone experience. And it, the fact that we're still having to, uh, you know, kind of argue, essentially, over it's which like, one it is. It's like the whole thing. Goes to show how bad the messaging was. Well, it's, it's like the whole thing with the backwards compatibility. We didn't know what the, get away, fly. Shoot, fly. Uh, we didn't know what that exactly was. Like, we didn't know if there's only 100 games at launch or if they're all backwards compatibility yeah. at launch. Or they, they, they are having a little bit of uh, communication problems within this. Do you get it? No. Nope. Boy, I thought I did. Um, I was really... like I wonder if they've deleted that tweet. Because I for sure saw a tweet saying that this is a remake. So you, do you see right there? A remaster where they said it's a, it's a standalone game. Yeah, see, and this guy says, so is it a remaster? 
They just say it's a standalone game. Standalone so game. So they are not remastering PS uh, Spider-Man. This is what I do think, though. It's not a remaster. I think because Spider-Man was such a big game that there's a, and it's not that old, and they've been using it to test for PS5 stuff on loading and whatnot. I do think P. I think the Spider-Man on PS4 will get a backwards compatibility update that makes it look and run better on PS5. I don't think it'll be something you have to buy. Maybe I, so. I do think it'll be free because that game my, sold so well. My immediate thought was, why are they remastering? Or rem- well, or rem- it's like Grand Theft Auto, right? They're saying that if you own Grand Theft Auto 4, you get it on, on PS5. Grand Theft Auto 5, you mean? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking on PS4, but yeah. Um, so Which I do, because I bought it digitally. So we'll, we'll- let's just say, so it's interesting that I feel like we didn't see much of Spider-Man Miles Morales, and it's the one that's coming the soonest. I'll say, though, I... I- I avoided everything, all announcements, until I got home. And mm-hmm. the first time I saw those hands, I thought it was infamous. And I was let down. Dude, I did too. And, I, and it was talking about powers and stuff. And I see it and I was like, holy crap, is this a new infamous game? And I immediately, like, like whenever I saw like the chin of the suit, I'm like, oh, man. I will say, though, with as much... Because I've said it before, I'll say it again here. Spider-Man is also not a system seller. It could be classified in a list of other games to make you buy the system. But I would not recommend a PS4... On Spider-Man Alone. Um, I actually think that I... D- not dislike, but I, I like Horizon more than Spider-Man. Oh, absolutely. And, I do too. Um, that's a, <laughs> and Spider-Man's good. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, hey, Spider-Man but, was a good game. Story had some major pacing problems, but the, it was a, an enjoyable ride for the most part. The problem with Spider-Man is that other, super, other superhero games that were too similar showed me that there's other things that are more fun. Like People are like, well, just swinging around your web is fun. I'm like, it is, but it's not as fun as Infamous. Just it's also not sm- fun for 30 hours. Like, that's true That gets well. old kind of quickly. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, Infamous Second Son came before it. I, okay, my thing was like, of course, it feels better than this, but like, it's not that different than just Arkham, uh, than playing Arkham Knight, using your thing, jumping off of a building, using your cape to go on, come up, and then grapple hook onto a corner, let go before you go on, and it jolts you forward, and then you just keep flying. It's like, yeah. That doesn't feel that different than swinging. I mean... But... Infamous, on the other hand, you could be at the bottom of a building, smoke through a vent, and be at the top in a second. Yeah. I like that's awesome. Then you could digitize yourself across the sky through a satellite and fly across the other thing. Then you could start running, hit the ground, and just run over the building. And then you could throw down a concrete thing and thrust yourself through. I was like, you have way more traversal stuff to keep it from feeling monotonous and boring and like even though it's fluid and fun it doesn't mean that it's going to be fun forever well i think that both of mine and yours biggest complaints with spider-man which was the pacing issues in the story will be fixed with this because it was standalone it'll be shorter fair i I, think so as well i I honestly think like I, i actually said it before the game came out and i think you remember me saying it that each of these bad guys have should have at least eight to ten hours of story time with them and it'd make, a, it'd make roughly around a 40-hour story, and they could even do it so that some of the storylines are involving two of them. They never did that. They never gave the, the villains the proper background and stuff. Who's the villain of this? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm seeing. Like, Are they setting up Venom, which they kind of did at the end? Are they setting up Venom for this? And then for Venom to be a bigger player in the second game? Well, well, one thing I dislike in a game is that when there's a standalone that comes like this, if it ignores the already ongoing story, obviously this is an older Miles. This is a Miles that is at least a couple years older. He was fairly young in the game when you first met him and saved him or whatever. Yeah. And apparently in the Spider-Man DLC, which I did not play, I didn't uh, they go towards, and you can call this a light spoiler, but I wouldn't. Um, definitely since we know that this is here, uh, Peter goes towards training uh, Miles. So yeah. This and, would be him ostensibly at least uh, at least a year into training. Right. You know what I mean? And and my thing is is that when you ended Spider-Man normally, you're setting up for something. 
I don't like DLC of any kind that takes place after the fact of a story, which this has to do because it's older miles. It would only make sense being after featuring a completely new made up thing that happens in the middle and then it's just done for forever. Yeah, I get what you mean. Something where they introduce it in here, but then it never matters in the future game. Yeah, or or, or it's something that's made up just for this character's story. Like I want him to be part of the bigger story of Spider-Man with Peter Parker. And I do think it that... He could be by himself, and that it'll still be fine, but I would prefer him to be part of the big setup. Yeah. Like, I think that that'll be... That'll, that does a couple things for me. That holds me over till the actual sequel. Yep. This, it'll expound more on it, which will provide more concept... I mean, not concept, context... In the game for yep. for Eddie Brock or something, but they've already done the Sinister Six, uh, the girl Gwen. Oh, uh, Gwen. Or not Gwen. You talking uh, about the, the uh, oh? How am I forgetting her name right now? The cat lady. Yeah, I can't uh, think of her name. <laughs> oh God. But uh, Black was, Canary. Huh? Black Canary, right? Mm, no, that's not it. Who is, is it? the Black Canary? You're gonna kill me here. Black Canary is a character, but that's a, Black it's Cat. also a DC. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Black Canary is DC. Because um, I must say, Felicia Hardy is a real name, but Black Cat. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Like they set up everything with her, and they and, they and then Silver Sable, isn't that who? Uh, isn't that? Or the, maybe that's who they have DLC. for. Well, she was in the game, you know. Yeah, and very, I think she did have something to do in the. In but the like, DLC. Who, who's going to be the bad guy for this? Are they going to throw me another Tombstones? Like Tombstone? mentioned already. Well, I was going to say that was a chump. Yeah. Are you going to throw me another chump villain at, at, at Miles for that to be his entire DLC? Which he is still kind of training, so that may make sense. But I still want to Fair. see yeah. something like maybe hints at Green Goblin or Eddie Brock. I don't want to be set up with just this this baddie I'm going to spam punches on for the entire game and not get a cool setup. Yeah. I expect it to be around 12 to 15 hours long, and I expect the pacing to be better than the original game. Because I do, too. It, with it being shorter... I do too, and I also expect it to be part of the full-on world. And you, you know, what's interesting about this? Uh, there were rumors that this kind of confirms where people were saying that they saw Spider-Man in New York covered in snow, and the trailer for this, oh, yeah. as you can see right here, yeah, it's snowing. Snow. Uh, so that's interesting. And I wonder how much they're going to change New York, or if it's going to be the exact map, but the snow will add an element that makes it feel fresh and interesting. Yeah, which would be cool. Yeah. All right, we're going to go through a little bit more of these, and I think this next one is the one I, I want to do spend a little bit more time on because. Uh, are kind of like the first two. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. We've been talking about whether or not there's going to be another Ratchet and Clank for PS4 for a long time. Yeah. Because it came out, did really well, and then didn't come again. I assume that Spider-Man just took a lot of precedence, and of course they had all their VR games they were working on. Uh, but I think that Rift Apart has been being worked on for a long time. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the, the, the quality. It looks fantastic, and I, and someone else has beat me to the punch. I was already planning on saying this. Going back and rewatching it, definitely whenever I, because I decided to go back and rewatch most of the trailers that I could in 4K, uh, because the stream was only 1080p 30. Yeah. Um, and I think that Ratchet and Clank, definitely, since you can see everything going on, I think it, this is probably the best show of the PlayStation 5 from a only can be done on a PlayStation 5 standpoint. Yeah. I think the ability, and it does look like it's a little bit controlled and a little bit uh, catered, you know, not catered, what is it? Um, Oh, well, it's, it's, it's kind of controlled that you can't always just reach into a part of the map and pull it forward as you want. But, you know, talking about being able to fly between the planets without any kind of a loading is amazing. Because one of the biggest problems of whenever I went back to Platinum, the first Ratchet & Clank for PlayStation 4, came from the fact that 
the loading, there's so much loading. And when you have to load between planets, it's like, oh, okay, I now got to wait and load for a little while. Uh, and as much as the game was amazing and looked great and ran great, it, it when you're doing it now and you're looking at this, it's like, man, this is going to make the last Ratchet and Clank feel super like super dated. Yeah. And this looks so incredible. Pulling these chunks of the map to you and immediately going around, no pop, no pop in lag. At least on what we saw. Hopefully that that's not something that changes with the release. But with what we saw in a controlled environment. Pulling the map towards them and immediately going to another part of the map and being fully loaded in, no pop in on the textures. It also is amazing. Like a, it looked like a short distance travel too in most of those. Like it looks like it was like maybe it wasn't 50, yeah 50, 60 feet away from yeah. Them. But you know, still when you look at that in a game, normally when something's sixty feet away from you, this goes to talk about with what they were looking at and the Unreal thing where they were saying that textures normally have to be changed on the fly. Of well, you have to have a low texture quality, and then you have as you get closer, it switches to the middle texture quality. And as you get close, it goes to high texture quality. Yeah. Well, clearly in a game like this where you can suddenly go to another spot with no loading in between that means that at all times these texture qualities are max i will say which is awesome i do think that we did see a glimpse of how fast the ssd is in this game but also proof that they're still kind of load screens you know in in the in between the two barrier yes there's a there's an animation that i'm going to show you now on video where his body kind of flattens out a little bit and it stays there for maybe three seconds but then it goes back to normal mm-hmm. and i'm almost certain that that is a micro load screen now it is a blink if you miss it kind of ordeal but at the same time it is it's still there it's just one of those things that it's done so well and it's done so quickly it wouldn't have occurred to you i caught it because i was like oh cool no load screens i was like that that's kind of a load screen but it's yeah and it's i know which so one you're talking small. about when they go through and you have that little bit of a space in between, yeah, like right, right like right here, yeah. I think that right there is kind of the, the actual micro. But what they do that that's clever is they actually provided some environmental detail around it, so you can see, oh, like this is a cool looking beach area. Yeah, that's that's, that's another dimension. Ocean. Yeah, yeah, um, and then open one around you. And here's the thing, you know, when you can look at, and it's not even if, a limitation if, if, at this point, but if you can work what you know you're doing into the story, which just makes sense, you're going in the realms between. And if you're only there for a second, it, it adds to the story of like, this is cool. You're really jumping between yeah. things. But it also serves its little hidden purpose of maybe being a you, very you, short. You can notice the stutter. I was about. Watch right here. You see it? Yeah, it, I know it, you're it, about. It's, it's almost like where it transitions from the cutscene to a game, to in game or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. But I will say, oh, this looks fantastic. I've never been. Dude, graphically, the 4K version of this looks utterly insane i've never <laughs> been a master fan of ratchet and clank yeah, not sure. because of anything in particular i've just never played them sure i actually have and i meant to ask you this last week is the ratchet and clank on ps4 is that the original re game like remastered or remade it's remade with some changes that the original game didn't you know, that they didn't do some things they always wanted to do some things they just thought worked better so like it's a, honestly that would probably be the best way to get into ratchet and clank yes then. Okay. absolutely because and i think that you would enjoy it from a pure gameplay standpoint oh i was always a jack and daxter guy yeah i was i loved jack and daxter especially three far three more linear this is far more linear it always has been always will be right. but it, it does have large well jack one scope. was pretty linear you know what i mean in a way yeah so but i i, I think you would, it would really enjoy it but i would be interested it's it's a good way. It's a good time to get into it. Well, I'm definitely picking that up because you know that crazy? looks like a blast to play. Because you know what's crazy so about Ratchet and Clank, though, I said this during the stream that I cannot think of a studio besides like Nether Realm that has only really ever made essentially fighting games and most of those Mortal Kombat. Right. Uh, from a from a platformer 
standpoint and even just a because you know all of them around crash bandicoot still around spyro is still around in a weird way uh you have a ton of franchises that are still around but outside of of mario and it's still not a single developer there's, there's other teams going around on it uh i can't think of another studio that's worked on one franchise and still makes them to this day and still makes them new and present you know what i mean yeah. Uh, Think of another studio that is, I mean, even, okay, Halo. Halo's not being made by Bungie anymore, right? Little Big Planet, not being made by Media Molecule anymore. It's being made by Sumo Digital, which we'll get to when we talk about um, uh, little, uh, the Sackboy uh, Big Adventure. Yeah. So when you kind of look at those things going wrong, it's really interesting that even being bought, Insomniac just clearly have a love for for Ratchet and the series because of how big it's basic idea from a scale is that there's multiple worlds and planets and ships. It's kind of got endless possibility. You know, know? I think that what's crazy about that is that what we're talking about in a positive people often look at as a negative because how many times have you heard all Nintendo does is Zelda and Mario? Sure. And that's what they've been doing for 30 plus years. Sure. No, you're right. Um, now, the, and I, I will say, there's nothing wrong with having evergreen franchises. Yeah, clearly, there's a there's big weights between Ratchet and Clank. Well, you games, saw Insomniac branch out with uh, Sunset Overdrive, yep. which I still kind of want to go back and they play. branched out with Fuse. wasn't a great game, but they did it. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> they that was an EA thing. Yeah, they branched out with Resistance and did something that was that had, that that had parts of Ratchet that you'd expect in it, like the weapon wheel and crazy weapons. Oh, okay, but way more grounded and way different yeah you know so but when you look at that man i think that there's no problem with having evergreen franchises uh but i think that your breaks between them would be longer than what nintendo typically do you know it gets annoying when there's a new ratchet if there was a new ratchet and clank game every year or two yeah it'd be kind of annoying it'd kind of be like okay can y'all not do anything else but also that developer's making a whole bunch of other stuff so no hate on nintendo clearly that's what people like and i think a lot of people like to go into a thing and be like you know i just want, i want to play more yoshi with a new gimmick and not gimmick in the bad sense, but just a gimmick in general. So uh, anyway, when looking at that, the next thing to talk about is probably my most excited moment of this entire thing, if I'm being really honest. As cool as Horizon was, uh, when it finally clicked with me that what we were seeing was Demon Souls. It didn't click with me till the music actually kicked in with the flying in. When they showed the mountain with the snow on it, I said, wait a that, minute. That didn't click with me because I was thinking that could be a number of any snowy mountains in any games. Oh, ever. yeah, but I remember that scene, and I was like, this happens right before the eagle thing, and then the, and, so as you you're calling it. Eagle thing. Well, I'm but, doing that for a reason. <laughs> but, you know, with uh, when as soon as they, you see the body being dragged by the item, that's what I, I mean, I knew it. As soon as I saw that mountain, I was like, no, the next scene is the is the body being dragged. And then they did it. I was seeing, like, oh. seeing the fume knight armor, dude, seeing the tower knight, seeing um, the dragon god. Dude, that game... Um, Tower Latria, that you saw some really really cool stuff in this trailer, and I, I like that most of it was kind of the cutscenes in the original game that were like boss reveals. Pretty much, yeah, like most uh, of it, not all of it. The Reaper enemy is not a boss, but it's still a cool part of the. I thing can't to show. think of what that um, Taurus was, the flaming Taurus. I remember the area, but I can't think of the name of that boss. Oh, I do. To ask me um, to remember half the names of those, I don't remember most of them. You know, yeah, but <laughs> then you have easy, easy ones like this, like Shield Knight, which is Tower Knight. Yeah, you got that wrong. He said easy Tower Knight. Yeah, I How said it earlier. Tower Knight. That's like the second boss. I said Tower Knight earlier. Too. Phalanx first. That's the but first yeah. boss. Yeah, Phalanx is the boss that everyone thought. Am I actually supposed to kill this? Yeah, <laughs> until you don't. Uh, but no, that looks fantastic, and I also like that it's Blue Point Games and Japan Studio. Well, no, Phalanx. Phalanx was the first boss in the game, not the tutorial boss. The 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 boss where you go into the castle. Oh and yeah, it's you're the, right. It's like yeah. the Phalanx is from like Sparkle. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, the, the first boss is like that ogrey big 
crazy it's, dude. It's a demon. Uh, yeah. I honestly can't remember the names of half of these bosses, though, because I'm telling you, it's been you, at least six years, five years since I played Demon's Souls. You played Demon's Souls more recently than I have. I played that it when it came not, out. That's yeah, it. That, honestly, that does not matter. Yeah. So both of us are going to be forgetful on names. But I'm so excited for people to get to play that game again. Uh, it looks really great. And if you're, a fan, if you're a fan of the From games and you've never gotten around to playing this, you've got a really interesting thing to go. Now, what's crazy about this is it's not it's Bluepoint and Japan Studio. And Japan Studio was the support studio to help finish Demon's Souls. And it's the reason that Sony ended up buying it and getting the IP. It was it originally not intended to be a Sony exclusive. Uh, there's a lot of really cool history around how Demon's Souls got made. I wonder. I wonder. Can can this be multi platform? No, you don't think so. I don't. I don't, I don't see. It. I mean, Sony owned the IP one hundred percent. They well, they would be the ones that determine it being multi platform. And since Bloodborne, at least at this point, is still not multi platform, I say no. Well, the moment that Bloodborne goes multi platform, or I should say, to at least PC, the moment Bloodborne goes to PC, then maybe you see Demon Souls on PC in, in the future. Yeah. Now, uh, the last thing I'll talk about with Demon Souls that I'm really interested about. I don't know if it's going to happen. But if Japan Studio is in, in, involved, and if From is involved in any capacity at all, Miyazaki at any capacity at all, one of the things about the game that everybody it, uh, thinks about is uh, the headstones. Uh, not the headstones. What are they called? The, uh, the Nexus. Yeah, the Nexus that you're in. You know how there's the stones that represent the areas that you go off right. and break out to? The one that's broken was originally intended to be in the game. And that is actually, even though the game shows it in the cutscene, even the original, um, the snowy mountain mm-hmm. that's what that place is supposed to be right. there's supposed to be a temple all sorts of stuff in it so my hope here even though i think it's kind of a really i don't i don't expect it but my hope would be that with working with japan studio who and may hopefully people who helped make the game and then talking with miyazaki the files for a lot of the stuff in that was still in the game they just couldn't finish it due to time constraints and the game was really close to just not being made yeah so they cut it well, you know what's crazy? It's, so does that come back? It's always a Miyazaki thing specifically for ice levels to be hidden. They are in Dark Souls 3 behind DLC. They are behind. Uh, they are in Dark Souls 1, so the painting. Is of that just him going August. back to the fact that he had to cut that in the original game? I wonder like, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to help with this and it'll be another hidden area to get to. I don't know. That'd be really cool. I, I just, is there a snowy level in Dark Souls 2? Of course there is, but what is it called? I don't know, because Dark Souls 2 is the one I have the least experience with. You, um, you say you play it. I actually thought about playing it, but I'm not going to play that right before The Last of Us because it's not going. I'm not going to beat it, and then I'm going to no, get I'm off of it. So I'm going to play it after The Last of Us too, probably. Uh, but yeah, I hope that that's a thing we see is maybe the ability to just play the game with the content that was missing. That still was it was kind of fleshed out, so it wouldn't be crazy for them to come back into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you'd have not only all the content you loved, you'd have new content be really cool it would be. the return of the nexus is probably the thing i'm most excited about because i feel like the nexus is one of those super cool things that makes demon souls really unique but i've always wished that it would find a way to bring having like the to black, come back the in, Smith in the dark Merchant. souls yeah it would have been kind of cool if the nexus was in bloodborne what, you know? it's kind of what dark souls 3 did with fire, with fire Shrine. Shrine. yeah yeah i mean it's it's not it's still not entirely it but it's the closest it's, they've been it, it is the closest they've yeah. been because majula is also kind of it but majula is also a really open area in dark souls 2 sure and Dark Souls 1 was just really interconnected with nothing like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Very different setup. All right. So a little surprising. One of the things that's been teased for this a long time and rumored is that Gran Turismo 7 was is was going to be shown. Now, the one thing that isn't surprising is they did not put any kind of date on it. So we don't know when it's going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be a launch window title. Uh, but it could be. And that's the kind of thing that gets weird right now. We just don't know on a lot of this I'm not stuff. a Gran Turismo fan, so I don't really have any input on that one. Yeah, no, fair. Uh, okay. Sackboy, uh, Big Adventure. 
I'll, I'll run through this one quick. It looks like they're kind of taking Sackboy and doing what I always thought they should have done. A 3D platformer. Just make it a 3D platformer because I, I personally like the platforming in those games. I like the feel of it, the weight of it. Putting that and transitioning it into a 3D world is not hard. People found ways to do it in Little Big Planet 2, so doing it yourself and dedicating the game to that while still keeping the visual style, the collective style, and the multiplayer style of Little Big Planet, great. And I like that they didn't call this Little Big Planet. They were like, it's it's the IP, but this is Sackboy. This this reveal had two very Mario-style heavy things that PlayStation has been lacking. Mario Galaxy specifically is what I picked up from a lot of this. And you know I'm not a huge Mario fan, but when I was looking at a couple of that, like these just look like the more like, it feels like the way that a lot of the camera and stuff worked within Mario Galaxy. Astro's Playroom, yes. or whatever it's called. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine Astro, is what I got from that. Fair. Astrobot uh, Rescue, the one from uh, VR, yeah. constantly gets uh, compared to like a Mario or Nintendo platformer in general. And, and Sony honestly needs more of these very bright, very family friendly, family friendly, three D platforms. Yep, uh, the, the platformers. To me, that's honestly like Nintendo is always one of those companies that if. If at any given time, if I want to play a 3D platformer, Nintendo has my back. I want the same thing for Sony. Yeah. Sony's good on everything else in the world that I like, first person to your stories. That's the, that's the sore lacking point for them. Yeah, and you know they've tried a few times, and they've never it's never done very well. Yeah. They had uh, Tearaway, and Tearaway's a fantastic game. It just didn't take off. Tearaway was, was a really unique game, only on one system. I was about to say, I didn't play the PS4 version, so I have you no I, I watch it, no play it to and I'm like, mm, that's kind of watered down. Also, this next game, this next game, I it sounds cool. Yeah. But, man, is there really, really, really terrible Uncanny Valley with her, her suit and her face. So, this is from Housemark, uh, who made a ton of the games that you may have known or at least heard people talk about. They made Resogun. Uh, they've made, uh, what is the name of the game? It's killing me that I'm suddenly what's bringing it, what's it like? Uh A bunch of them are shooters, actually. Uh, there is... And you know what? Instead of just trying to remember and guess, I like House Mark, but I don't play all their games. De- it's not Dead Nation, is it? It's, um, it's Rezo Gun's really good. Rezo Gun's great. Uh, I tried to go for the platinum for that game, and that, that platinum is way too hard. <clears throat> okay, Super Stardust was a launch oh, yeah. game, and they made Super Stardust. Next Machina uh, and Matterfall were the two that I was thinking of. So Next yeah. Machina, I know yes. Matterfall. I don't it's know a shooter that game. One. It's a it's a it's a shooter game. They make it very arcadey games, uh, but with them coming back with Returnal, this is really cool. Because it's them. If you remember, there was some talk about them changing up and moving away while still trying to retain some of what made their their studio unique, which is their very arcade-driven setup. This is the first time we've seen them move into what looks like a fully 3D, much larger scale game. And I'm really excited to see what that plays out for them. And also, I think that this is starting to smell like... Housemark is going to be a purchase from Sony, possibly, yeah, very soon. Um, I think this game may be the deciding point. I will say though, her face in that spacesuit looks like Tony Stark's face in the original Iron Man when it's green screened over his armor. It, there's <laughs> something off about that. Yeah. It, I don't like it. The story's really cool because it's essentially <laughs> Live Die Re- Edge of Tomorrow, aka Live Die Repeat. Because I forgot they changed the name of that movie. Yeah. Um, but this next one though, are we excited for Twisted Metal. Okay. This I'm one exci- looks really good. I'm excited for it while also being bummed that they couldn't just do this with Twisted Metal. Because it's like... T- I get you. Twisted Metal is Sony's oldest IP. It's their oldest franchise, and there hasn't been anything through it from the entire PS4. What's cool about this one, though, <clears> is that you can... Like, when your car gets totaled, you have to run away from all the other cars yeah. out in the arena. Yeah. And I think that, to me, is like I've said before, 
I get really giddy or terrified of like when I'm running from something and they're like close and I'm like, ah, like, get away. <laughs> and like, I feel like trying somebody trying to run me over in this yeah. would be really fun. Uh, so this looks cool. Cause it also, when I first saw it, I was like, this looks like if you kind of mix twisted metal and rocket league together. Yes. And that's really cool. So, uh, if that's your kind of interesting thing, it's essentially you being in an arena, uh, and doing car combat, but it's not as brooding and dark as twisted metal. It's a little more lighthearted and looks a lot more, like what you'd expect to see from like a Rocket League style game. So that's cool. Uh, and I like that it's a new IP, which another shout out to that. New IP here and return of IP that's not been used much in the last generation. That's what we wanted to see. I'm okay with them. I don't want I don't want to see only sequels to games that have come out this generation. It's, it's, I want to see IP that's not been used since maybe the PS3 or only in or a brand Little new Big one. Planet 3 was a weird one. It, yeah. it was like so early in the gen and I actually think it may have been a cross-gen game, as crazy as I that think sounds. it was too. Because I remember, didn't didn't who bought that and brought that to Blaze's house? Me, but yeah. was it? I I remember you there, but somebody brought it to you, didn't they? No, nah, I don't. I mean, I, I'm the one who bought the game. I had it. Well, I remember like we did the Friendsgiving thing. Yeah, and maybe Blaze didn't have it. Who went to Walmart or something while we hung out and then brought it back? I don't. I know. remember that game being very glitchy. Uh, it was. It was the first time Sumo Digital had made one. Gotcha. And it, it was still good, but it wasn't. It didn't have the same. I'm charm. just going off of what I played so, at, at Brett's or Blaze's house. So we've already talked about Astro's Playroom from Japan Studios, and that's going to be a free pack-in game, and that's awesome. Uh, I wonder if it'll be bigger in scale. So those are the ones that we know that are coming from first-party uh, Sony-owned IP that they're doing with first or second-party studios. Now we have the cool stuff to get to the uh, some of the coolest parts of this uh, that were the indie games, and starting off with Bug Snacks. I thought it was kind of cool, but like at the same time, I was like, I really would rather see something else right now than this game from this reveal. <laughs> like that, this it kind of got in the way to me of like, <laughs> I, know. I know that there's cooler stuff in this, in this reveal, but like, I I get on to the cooler stuff. I don't know, man. It was so cute to me, and again, it it's it's edged so much into the area of it being a versatile and varied showcase that I loved it. It's just on and I'm like, I'm just laughing. I think that the, the, the video itself is cute. It showed off what the game's going to be really well. Uh, I like the basic idea of the game, the whole, you are what you eat and turn that into a gameplay yeah. mechanic. That's fun. Uh, Majin Buu. It also, to be fair, there is some like a weird nostalgia to this because it makes me think if anybody watches the cyanide and happiness, the explosive comics, um, they have one of their video series that they've done uh, is their character, Ted Bear. It's actually voiced by Ego Raptor. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, uh, so Ted Bear goes through, and there's there's similar things. Or like There's one time where he lifts something up, and he's like... Uh, banana slugs or whatever and it's like they're edible <laughs> it's like and they're they're mating and it's just a ridiculous thing where it it gave me nostalgia of that the way that they chose to show it but i was also laughing because of the just ridiculous music i showed it to hannah and she was laughing too the little bug snack song uh playing in the background that they wrote for it it's just cute and i like to see stuff like that so personally i enjoyed it yeah <laughs> but um, for me, it was kind of weird. Like, I probably won't pick it up, but like, it's cool that they had something like that. I will definitely pick it up. It's more of a game than Octodad was, and I that's think that's true. that's what Octodad was like. It was what I classify as a streamer game. Super fun, super yeah, funny. It's, it's one you want to watch somebody play, or you're only playing to experience it because you watch somebody else play it. Like, um, kind of. What, uh, what is it called? Getting with it with Benny Fodder or whatever it is. It's the the mouse only game where you're trying to climb up a mountain with a. Pick. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like I bought that game because it looked like it was super hard, only because I watched a streamer play it, and I'm like, that looks fun. Let me play that. I'll never play that game again. <laughs> it was only to be like, I won't see this. Uh, goodbye for volcano. Hi. L- don't know what this is. I don't know. I'm going to guess it is a visual novel. 
I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. You, we saw nothing but animation. It was nothing but an, an animated movie in a way uh, for a commercial for this. Or yeah, advertisement yeah, for yeah. this. We didn't see any kind of gameplay. We didn't or at see, least gameplay that was evident that it was gameplay. Yeah, and I didn't. We, we don't know who the main characters are, like because there are so many characters shown. It yeah. essentially looks like um, you're part of a group of dinosaurs going to high school. Okay, I, I'll say this though. I like the idea of it's like dino- it's it's taking it does something like the dinosaurs uh, sitcom that was made by Michael Jacobs that yeah, I love. That's, yeah, and where it's, it's kind of like putting dinosaurs as if they were living in like a human like civilization before the the. That's what this game ma- totes asteroids too. Is that it's is it a cinematic narrative game that touches on love, friendship, and self realization in the final days of civilization. Yeah, My which is thing crazy. Is, is that that's a kind of a cool story to touch on, I but it's going to be hard to nail what dinosaurs did. Dinosaurs ended so darkly, dude. It's so good. <laughs> it is, but it ended so, like that. That was a that was a messed up way to end a kids show. Yes, it was. Um, well, it wasn't a kids show though because it was a family show and there was a ton of that was a kids. Dude, show. there was drug references. They no, had the sexual harassment. That was for the parents that had to watch it. Okay, but you're telling me kids are going to find it funny that you're going to court. Rugrats had the same thing from a guy who's named Sexual Harris. Rugrats, <laughs> uh, Grandpa literally joked about playing uh, Russian roulette. Yeah, I know, but those are then, small Easter eggs. He, whereas there are entire no, episodes. Even Stu was like, "What did you win?" He's like, "I'm home, aren't I?" <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's- it's, a, "It's a remark and a small one that doesn't play into the episode." Dinosaurs had entire episodes about drugs, about all sorts of crazy stuff of you know having people go off and die. <laughs> to be fair, it was a lot of cartoons do that, but they just disguise it up. Like, exactly, but this show was a little. Kids could watch it, and I watched it as a kid and loved it. But as an adult. It's one hundred percent enjoyable without ever even being like, oh, it's a kids show with adult themes. It's no, no, it's it's just a all ages show. I guess so. that kids can also. I never watch. looked at it that way. I love it though. It's a great show. So I, I love that idea. Uh, to wrap up on it, it gives me Life is Strange vibes. So I wonder if it's going to be an episodic title that is kind it of did like give me um, ep- uh, My Life is Strange or um, The Walking Dead. It, it gave me a visual novel heavy vibe. Yeah, or just one of those. Or what do they call those? Uh, Adventure games, essentially, what they are, you know, like the Detroit and stuff like that, where it's going to be something where you're making decisions, and that's yeah. really what. And well, I'm cool. That with life that. is strange. Yeah, exactly. It's well, just episodic. Instead. Yeah, yeah. So it could, this could be episodic, or it could be just a 100. percent It had a really, really cool design aesthetic to it. It did. It reminded uh, me of something, and I don't know what it is, but it's like I've seen this kind of art before somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. All right, what you got up next? Uh, Jet the Far Shore uh, from Super Brothers and Pine Scented. So this one's kind of interesting. Didn't really care about it that much, though. I'm trying to remember that one. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like that's the kind of forgettable one. Um, it's this one right here. It, it, to it, me, it was the trailer was super vague, right? It, yeah. Uh, it, it it is the one that's in space, and like I don't know what this game is like trying to accomplish. Like I don't know if this is like No Man's Sky because like we see gameplay in it, but yeah. like I don't well, know, and I'm not even entirely sure if it's gameplay. That was kind of my issue with it. Yeah, um, it's just one of those weird things, like where it's I don't know what this game is, therefore I cannot be hyped for it. It's the same thing for Project Athia. I'm not excited for that game because the, I, the part of this that bothered me more than anything is, is it's coming out this year. It's coming out this year, yeah, and this is and how you choose to show it. Don't know what it is. So yeah, this was one of the ones that I, I guess I should say it didn't throw me out. It, it just made me confused. It kept my attention because well, of it. For me, for me, but I wish I knew what it was. Yeah, for me, get there. There are times in which a game is revealed and it does not tell me what it is, and it does not do a good job of like. Oh, that's mysterious. I'm curious as to what I see this game become. Yeah. Other than just like throwing out like what looks to be like I should or like a trailer that I should know what this game is and I don't. 
Yeah. Um, we'll get on that here a little bit later. Next up, though, is is Kenna, Bridge of the Spirits from Ember Labs. That looks fantastic. Amazing. And you know what's um, weird? When they first started talking about it, they're like, well, we're an animation studio typically, but we're getting in the game. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then they showed it off. I was like, visually, this is stunning. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. But then when they actually started showing off, like, you know, I feel like a lot of people, when they come into games and they're really great in another area, they tend to do something that's pretty simplistic on the game side. Doesn't take anything away from it, but they're like, we're going to do a narrative-driven, there will be gameplay, but it's not going to be anything too complicated. But once this time it started breaking out into having full-fledged combat, full-fledged puzzle-solving, yeah. Puzzle solving, yeah and I, was I, like, I was telling you, it reminded amazing. me of like Pikmin in a way with some mechanics that it has. Yeah. It looks super cool. Um, this, honestly, is is one of my like three to four... There's another game in here that, uh, that I'm curious about, too, but th- this is a combination of games that made me left really excited for this event overall. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that I'll classify this event as really good and not great or fantastic because there was so many things in here that I love to see. There's a lot of things in here that I was like, meh, kind of like the next one up. Um, or no, not like the next one up. It'll be the next one after that. But little devil inside from Neo stream interactive. This is another one um, that I was showing uh, my wife. This one to me kind of cute looking, but it reminded me of, um, is a game that just came out not too long ago, and it's made by, um, I want to say it's made by the same people who made, um, I can't think of what they're, what they're called now. Oh, what type of game is it? It looks like that. Like, that's the art style that game does. Passion? Maybe so, yeah. The game that's kind of a Souls-like? Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't actually know who the developer of that is, though. And it could be this this developer. I don't know. Uh, it's NeoStream. Yeah, NeoStream Interactive. I don't know who made it. Um, but I, I showed it to my wife, and at first, I wasn't really interested in it, but then as the trailer went on, I was like, this looks pretty cool. And like I kind of left the trailer at the end of the trailer. Like, at that first, looks- it was like good editing. Yeah, it, because of it switching back and forth, it makes you curious. And then it became funny editing whenever they had the guy on the rope dropping the bomb, and then you see the guy on the toilet, and it's like you hear the water plop, like his poop hit the water. Yeah, I was like, that's just cute. Well, funny. what's weird is like that's obviously a death stranding reference right here. That's what it looks like. It does. Um, at the same time, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know um, what this game is supposed to be because the art style is so cool, but it's also so varied in its location. Yeah, and it looks like it's kind of a catch-all from stuff. I'm wondering if it's more like a mission-based structure game where oh, you're kind of doing something like Monster Hunter where you're thrown into an environment and you have a mission to succeed, and maybe they're going to play it up where you it's not always going to be hunting animals. Maybe, maybe you have something else, but you're always going to be – because there's so many biomes. Yeah, that was the other thing for this. I mean, it could be a all you know set up, but I feel like it's going to be a mission structure game where you get things that you need out of that. I'm trying to understand the connection between the the old professor looking dude, as I'll call him. I don't really know how to say it other than yeah. that. And the and the character that we see being what looks like you know you're the main playable character. So. It could be like a story being told, and he's a character in the story, like from a like a like a kid's perspective or something. Yeah, maybe. Uh, next up is Oddworld Soulstream. Don't Soul like Storm or Soul Storm, yeah. yeah. I don't like Oddworld at all. So oh, like, really? Is, have yeah. you have you played? I got it when it was PS when I was on PS Plus. The 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 one that came out on PS4. Oh, new and tasty. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that, and that one is what this one's going to be like. So yeah. if you know you don't like that, I am not fine. a fan of the game. Now, as played, a whole, though, uh, I played the original one on Xbox, Stranger's Wrath. Yes, or Munch's Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey. Munch's Odyssey. Munch's Odyssey. It's far more like the original. I think the one that you would like. Because it's vastly different from all these. It's essentially a, a third-person shooter or a first-person shooter, if you want it to be. I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but um, well, I liked Odyssey. Munch's Odyssey. Munch's Odyssey. Well, it was more open and 3D, but it was still 
all puzzle solving. My favorite one personally so far has been Stranger's Wrath because you have the puzzle solving elements of, but and it's set in a three D world, but you have combat and I, and they mix puzzle solving and combat together because you get what's called live ammo in that game. Yeah. So you have a crossbow, but you can go and uh, farm ammo in the game. I think I've told you about this before, but you'll you'll see like a, a hive and you can get little bee things from it that you can shoot and it stings people and it has a reaction. Then there's these little fuzzy things that you can get that do yeah, something different. I do remember and this. that all comes into uh, if. There's a bounty system, and, and whenever you find the people that you're going after a bounty on, you can either take them in dead. You're a bounty and, hunter in that yeah, game, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. You can take them in dead, and you get less money, or you can take them in alive, and depending on the bait you're using or the live ammo that you're using, is going to depend on what you're doing to them. So you can make them unconscious so that you can come up to them. It, it's like you could stun them, I should say, so that you can come up to them and tie them up, or you can kill them. It kind of depends on what's best for you, and throughout areas as you're fighting you have refill spots for different things so that you can kind of play on what you want to do in the moment and it's also got a really good story and even though i think the gameplay probably from new and tasty is what is not that fun to you because it is very different yeah Uh, the world and story of odd world all the games are awesome it's just playing them to get to them is hit or miss for me i really i i'd like the original odd world i didn't play new and tasty i don't know if i'd be able to play it now it's it's very puzzle solvy yeah and i think that my taste has just changed but i do love the worlds so it's not again if you see uh, and i don't know if it's on i think it's on ps4 if you see stranger's wrath on ps4 and it is on there and it's on sale buy it it's mm. really good uh next up we have stray from blue 12 studios um cat game in like cyberpunk world no no joke dude this looks that really looks good. so good the cat with like a little backpack and the cat looks so cute uh, yeah i am down for it um i am really curious as to the you know the trailer spent a lot of time showing that there are no humans it's all like robots. robots yeah doing human things yeah it's like you're you're like a delivery cat yeah and Death training with cats. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It, um, it looks good, but it's one of those things where... And I like Anna Perna. They do a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you're kind of just in the in-between. Um, I agree. Uh, Solar Ash from Heart Machine. I said Heart Fracture earlier. I don't know why I, I said I heard heart you, fracture. but I just yeah. didn't worry about it. From Heart Machine, uh, the people who made one of my beloved games is Hyperlight Drifter. Um, this one looks really, really, really well done. It takes every bit of what I liked about uh, about... Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter. And made it 3D and not pixelated. Yeah. Yeah. The art style is like you cl- you see it and you're like, that's clearly Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. And my thing is, is that it, it's, it looks like it's going to throw you into an actual open world game like Hyperlight Drifter did and give you no direction. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah. It's what I loved about Link to the Past. And you get out of Link, like the first hour of Link to the Past, you're not told explicitly where to, to go be. in what order. You're just like, here, there are pendants on this map. Go yeah. get the pendants. Um. What this kind of makes me think of, though, too, and I feel like I, I would be—I would not be surprised to see other people about this. It also has a little bit of a journey feel to it. And I don't know if you ever played Journey. Uh, um, I played a little bit of Journey, but it has that feel. I don't think I beat it. And I'm wondering how well that will kind of dive together because you know I assume it'll have thoughtful, decent combat, much like Hyperlight Drifter had. So if it's got that in it, how's that going to play into this 3D aspect? But I'm I'm definitely excited for it. There's a ton of indie games that hit throughout the PS4 gen that I'm so excited for their sequels because it's just like, where do they go? Yeah. It's like, this is a spiritual successor more. Um, and then you have Silk Song, which is a actual sequel within the exact same world with a character you know. Right. Uh, coming from Hollow Knight. And it's really cool. I hope to see these games just really kill it 
and come out and do good. This looks fantastic, so here's the hope it'll prove me wrong. So here's the, probably the funniest part as we go into third-party games. The opening, Skip over this one, please. Dude, all I'm going to say for one reason is that the opening, after and, and even in the same video, you have Jim Ryan at the end of the video saying, we believe in generations and we want things that are on PS5 and only work on PS5 and make the console purchase worth it. And then you and have I do Grand believe, Theft Auto Five. I do believe that they showed that throughout the whole conference, but starting... With Grand Theft Auto Five, after you've been talking about generations, it's just like y'all didn't think that that was probably not. A, a, show that later. <laughs> yeah, it's like the last. Don't show it like this. So for those that don't know, Grand Theft Auto Five is coming to PS Five with uh, obviously PS Five enhancements done to it. Yeah, um, and uh, it's going to be free if you own PlayStation or if you own PS uh, or Grand Theft Auto Five. And I think online is going to be free from what I've heard. I don't so know how here, it is. actually goes into it right here. It says, plus a new standalone version of Grand Theft Auto Online, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online will be available free for three months exclusively on PlayStation 5. Huh. So are they saying that Grand Theft Auto Online So are they saying it's now? going to be exclusive or are they saying it's going to be free? Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. So is, so is Grand Theft Auto Online going to a pay service because it's free? Unless it's going to be 100% separate. I think that's what it's going to be. Okay. They're saying it's a standalone version of Grand Theft Auto Online. Okay. So maybe for people that only are buying the game because they want to play multiplayer, maybe they're going to give you three free months of it, but then you can just buy multiplayer only if that's the only reason you're buying. Yeah. Oh, that's um, interesting. Let's get through these last couple ones. Uh, yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yes. Finally getting to see this. Hugely different than what I thought. Looks amazing. It looks like a mixture of Dishonored and Bioshock. <laughs> we, we kept calling it it's Japanese cyberpunk. Bioshock. Yeah. Plus Naruto. Because they're like throwing out the little hand symbols from Naruto yeah. and doing crazy stuff with it. Looks fantastic. And I got to give Bethesda credit here. For as much as they've getting, been getting crapped on, a lot of rightfully so... The downside they've had recently through this gen was that a lot of their great games, Wolfenstein 2 is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, Dishonored, amazing. Prey was good, but I think it was, I don't think anybody knew what that game was going to be. Yeah. And I think that's what hit people. Uh, But they've had a lot of good games this generation, but all their big ones have been straddling so much controversy that it's gotten weird and they've all sold well but been in controversy and then their games that didn't have controversy didn't sell well uh, is kind of one of those weird things but uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop I'll go ahead and knock both of those out since they're Bethesda yeah uh, both De- of those looked amazing both of those sold me on them as soon as I saw them I'm Deathloop 100% day and one. Bethesda is kind of coming back around to like okay I, I'm with you on these games I'm a little less with Bethesda on their biggest games because they always seem to fumble something yes Whereas you didn't really have much fumbling with Dishonored. No, dude. Dishonored was perfect. Right. And, yeah. and ran well, played well, looked great, was one of my favorite games of this generation. And that's what I'll bring up about Deathloop. Uh, I actually see some similarities between both of these games. But Deathloop, I love the idea of them going through where it's like you're playing through a loop of a situation. And as you die, you have to kind of go through and rethink it. But I wonder if they're going to pull in some A Way Out. Uh, which is that game where you are escaping from prison together? That's you. Ha- you play the game with somebody else, as far as I understand. I don't think you can play it by yourself. I what Deathloop? Not Deathloop. Oh, we don't know for sure. Yeah. But a way out. I would like if Deathloop, if every time you're playing, whoever you choose to play as, it match makes you with someone else. That would be cool. Who's the opposing person? I noticed that it said you can play as one of the two characters. I'm like, well, if I'm playing against an NPC, like, what happens when I just kill him? Yeah. Does the game end or like do I go to the next chapter? Like, I don't know. I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but. 
from a gameplay standpoint, looks amazing. Um, we finally saw footage of Godfall, uh, which or more footage. Uh, and apparently, which, more was shown again at the PC event that was later in the week. Well, and that's that's kind of what it, that that ends. We'll end that on an interesting note here. But that looks fine. Um, looks a little repetitive in environments. Like it looks like the same stuff we've seen before. I don't feel like I wanted. The, I wanted not a deep dive. I wanted a deeper dive. I didn't. Yeah, I, wanted, want, I didn't want something that felt like a trailer. I wanted pure unedited gameplay. I want three. Like I want thirty minutes of this game, and I want them to explain the system of the game. Because here's what's weird: we're still hard at work and can't wait for players to experience Godfall when it makes it to its console debut on PS5 and launches on PC this holiday season. Yeah. Now they've already announced it is a launch game. Yeah. Now here's my biggest thing. Godfall looks really interesting, and I actually think it can be still. I I can't do live service games forever. It's just not who I am. I yeah. can't literally play a game for a whole year. I don't do that. Uh, but Destiny, I do have some base problems with. Even though I do think Destiny's a good game, I'm not crapping on it at all. But it's easy for me to get out of the mood of Destiny. Super easy. Yeah. I think the only reason I've never gotten to really play Warframe for super long stints is because I don't have anybody to play with, and those type of games are just really good on a community level. If Godfall and other people I know will go into Godfall, and so far there are other people I know who I'd be able to play I'm, with. I'm going into it. This game, if they can show me that it's going to be really well made. And what I'm going to get out of it, this game being a little bit more, being third person, I already think is a better thing for me. Being faster and being a little bit more sword-based, great for me. I've always said I wish Destiny was playable in PvE stuff in third person because I don't see there being a reason not. PvP is different. I think that makes sense. But to me, this fixes a lot of what I want. And I genuinely, I I happen to like these action, more combat-driven games that aren't just shooting. So this looks awesome. But I need to see more of it. I need to see the game. I don't need to see another trailer with a rap song over it. Yeah, nothing against uh, why, rap. Why it's just, always, it seemed like a weird song. Choice. Yeah, it's it's always the weirdest songs they use to hype people up. Like yeah. it, that goes for everything. Like there's dubstep songs and some things. Like I guess I hype some people up, but like it's never songs I like. It didn't turn me off, but it was just like okay, uh, okay. We can talk about probably the stupidest. No, we, this whole we're, thing. we're gonna talk about it for ten seconds. They announced well, a game stupid. that had no name. Yep. And we don't know when we'll ever see it again. And it's Square Enix, which tells us that'll probably be 13 years from now. So to me, I, all across the board, I hope that this is a real new Square Enix IP. I'm fine with it being exclusive to PlayStation. doesn't matter. Uh, and actually, that may not be true. There's some wording changing on the they, they YouTube version. They did change the wording uh, on the trailer. <laughs> it went from play exclusively on PS4 to, to play. It, uh, designed exclusively for PS5 to or PS5. designed for PS5. Yeah. Which is like, well, what is... If it's ex- if it's not exclusive anymore, like yeah, exclusively made for it, then what does that mean? I want and uh, two things were made this interesting. This is on Luminous Engine. Yeah. After Square has said that they're moving all their games to Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine four, uh, four and or well, four presumably five, yeah. five when it comes around, which is crazy because Luminous Engine for them sucks because how many games have they moved off of it? Well, apparently Kingdom Hearts had no problems on it, but they just decided to standardize, is what Tetsuya Nomura says. I don't know if I believe uh, but. I think that when even if Luminous Engine is hard to work on, I'm excited for this because I think Luminous Engine actually looks better than Unreal Engine 4, at least as they use it. Um, And and definitely when you go towards realistic. Kingdom Hearts being not realistic, Kingdom Hearts looks fantastic. Kingdom Hearts 3 actually looks a lot better than Final Fantasy 7 to me, the remake. Uh, It's way more consistent for sure. Yeah, it's Um, more consistent, 100%. But uh, even then, I want this to come, but how many lessons can you learn? Every beginning of the generation, we get one game from a Japanese publisher who's being overly ambitious. It's almost always exclusive. Where's Deep Down? Yeah, where's Deep Down? Where's Deep Down? Clearly, we never got Final Fantasy Versus 13. We got 
got a weird bastardized version of something that used the same characters, but it is not Final Fantasy set, uh, 13, uh, 13 verses. Yeah, no. It is not. It's, it's, so you feel like they would learn these things. Agent, that's another one. Stop talking about games when they're not even really gone. The only hope I can have here is that this game is way further in development than they're leading on. And they it just seems don't so know unlikely. It. Yeah. seems so unlikely. And that's why they showed it is because they're far enough and long ago, yeah, this is able to be finished within a year. This is one of the games. Seems unlikely. It's one of those games that I do not care about until I have a release date because I want to see it forever. I agree. Um, Hitman I, 3, more Hitman. If you liked what Hitman's been doing, you get more of it, and it's probably going to be better without having to worry about load times and all that. Which is probably the same goes for NK, or NBK. NBA 2K21. NBA 2K21, Legitimately yeah. the only part of the show I was bored. Yeah. like It, 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 showed it me looks a, great. It showed me a sweaty dude, and I'm like... That's cool. That's cool tech, but we knew this game was coming because it's a yearly franchise. So you, why is this here? And you knew it was going to look fantastic because sports games, definitely basketball games, always look good. They're yeah. easy. There's very controlled subs- uh, little sections. Awesome. That's cool. I have no problem with that, but I was bored. Uh, Deathloop, we already talked about, which is awesome. So two more to knock out, and they're both from Capcom. We got finally Resident Evil 8, which is, as the, dude, the, the, the leak was spot on, Resident Evil Village. with A prequel to Resident Evil 4. So. It that's, def- that's, that's my theory for this. It definitely, it clearly, it can't be a, a prequel. Oh, you don't know that. Well, Chris is in it, and it's Chris after Listen, the events of Seven. Have you seen how off the wall Capcom will make Resident Evil stories go? For all we know, time this, loop. This no, this could be Chris Senior before he was injected with the T virus. Before we, Chris Junior was born, and it looks just the same. It's a clone. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, it did bring what some people were worried about. Personally, I'm not worried about it so much as I'm a little curious as what they're doing. Also, was it just my streamer? Did this did this video go at like 10 frames per second? I don't remember. I mean, I remember it being a, not 10 frames per second. I remember it looking like it was occasionally dropping to mid-20s. It was like, it was incredibly choppy on my stream. And I was like, and like I reversed. I've or, heard or, someone or else re- say that. But I, I don't... rewound the video and I like I let it play and I was like, it's still doing it. What so it wasn't this? a weird. It, it may have been a hiccup in the recording of the stream. Maybe so, but I'm you, pretty sure I, I watched Sony's um, official video, official, which you would yeah. hope would not be a copy of the stream. It would just be the the video file that they streamed. Yeah, uh, but across the board. I enjoy Resident Evil 7. It's really awesome. You're going to play as uh, Ethan, if I'm not re- if I'm remembering his name correctly, from nope. Resident Evil 7 again. Uh, and the one thing I think is going to be a contention point for certain people uh, is that it seems to be taking Resident Evil into the supernatural. Uh, werewolves are shown. I don't think werewolves are that... They don't have to be supernatural. That could be something that's explained by a virus. This witch is becoming a weird thing because it seems too supernatural. Doesn't mean that they're not going to try and find a way to make it grounded. Well, they kind of did that with seven, but we'll see in a weird way. Yeah, seven did have some weird stuff that did get talked about and kind of in a grounded. So yeah, maybe ten frames was like bad, like a bad hyperbole. Yeah, that's definitely not like even thirty frames per second. It seems like oh, you know what it could be. I wonder if they're being weird and showing this at 24 frames per second. I hope not. I swear, Capcom, I'll come beat your door down and beat you up. Why would you show this at 24 frames per second? Look at that. Look at how bad that looks. Yeah, when he pulls that back. That's terrible yeah, to show me next-gen footage like this. Which is weird because we know RE Engine is a really great engine. Yeah. And we know that it can run at 60 frames per second. We, we saw it run at, four, at, well, not 4K, really, but 1440, 60 frames per second on, on uh, Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. Uh, and it obviously ran super well on both Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake. Uh, also, and Resident Evil 7. Resident what, Evil 7 runs fine. What in the Hideo Kojima is Pragmata? Yeah. That this is, is really weird. This this is one of those that I'm 99% sure that this is a published Capcom game that is a Hideo Kojima game. 
So I don't know about that. I don't think so. If you remember, the guy who wrote for Dead Space uh, is the one who said tune in because he's been working on a new game. And I'm with you. When this first shown, I was like, "This I, looks like Lumens." Do you want to hear? Do you want to have that? Looks but like that does have some Dead Space look. Do you want me? But hold on. Do you want me to show you my biggest thing yet? Hold on. I, I may be completely. I want to show you where ready. this is. This right here is where it got super Dead Space. Dead Space Three, which I can't, I don't think you played. I didn't play. Dude, it. Dead Space Three when you're in the when you're out in full on just anti grab and you have your booster, it looks just like that. Okay, do you remember the original? I'm gonna. This is really gonna screw over people that are watching, uh, but I have to show you this. Um, do you remember the original Death Stranding uh, announcement trailer when he was walking down the steps and they showed it off at? E3, or is this the one where they showed it off at the Game Awards? This was the... Uh, where he wakes up on the beach? Yes, yes. the beach one. The very first one. Um, do you remember the song in that? Um, I don't even know how to find this trailer anymore. Because um, it's our, it's original Harlem Shake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, so I know what you're talking about. I, I'd say look up Game Awards 2016, probably, is what I'd say it probably was. Or maybe Game Awards 2015, uh, Death Stranding. I wonder if I could just click song and it play the right song. Um, nope, it's gonna. Uh, is this the song? So, what does the song matter though? Do you feel like it's in this? Yeah, there's a song that um, that plays, and I'm 99 sure my crazy Kojima Roos Cruz brain went 100 mega dumb, and. Um, I I think you can hear that song in this trailer, and it's done in a very odd way. Um, but there's a part like where uh, here we go. It's this trailer here, I think. No, it's not this trailer here. Crap! Like I said, this is gonna be a terrible podcast for people. No, I think that was it. No, no, no. Is it? Click forward. You'll know soon. No, maybe it is the the E3. No, that was the second one. It is the E3 what I'm thinking of. Where they had him walk down the little weird glowy steps when they were... It was the same year the, well, as this, the this Crash Bandicoot right reveal, wasn't it? The way the song starts. Yeah. You hear that sound, right? Yeah. Am I crazy or is that not this sound right here? Lord. You have a video pause, Saul. All right. Okay, I get what you're saying. It's kind of similar, <laughs> it's isn't just, it? It's metal hitting something. Which, yeah, yeah, but the similar. way it's hitting that in that melody, right? <laughs> this can't just be my Roos Cruz brain going all mega idiot on me. Well, okay, I should say, clearly the fact that a lot of people, including me, thought that this may have been Kojima. It looks like Kojima. It, well, it looks it, it looks a lot like the white lumen suit for the character they created. It does. So, but also Sean Sean on Discord said the arm for like the suits on here somewhere. I don't see that. At I don't know about all. that. But he brought up the fact that this was because he was in the stream. He brought up Dead Space, and I will say the helmet looks somewhat like Dead Space, but it all it also looks like some of the helmets you can see in. Uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare that you can see in uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare yeah. when you can get different suits unlocked. It's not that special of a helmet design. The only thing about this, though, is that like I know that this is not at least one for sure in the Dead Space universe. It, it'll no, have it to wouldn't be separate be. because yeah. there is no HUD. You would see the HUD in that well, video. Well, clearly it can't be if it's Capcom because EA owns They the could Dead have Space. put it out with Dead Space. We don't know what these fools be doing. Okay, so <laughs> last thing up. 
is talking about the the system itself. The console reveal. I the way the console was revealed was awesome. Yes, I love the look of the PS5, uh, specifically the all digital version. I am not a fan of the one with the disc drive. I don't think it's they're drastically weird, different, but I, I understand what you that, mean. That bulbous, that, that pregnant belly is a difference there. My big thing is when it's on its side. What's what's wh- where does the disc drive go? On the bottom. See, is it or, no? It's on the bottom. But so Sony showed one again. They put out a video where the disc drive was on the top. So I wonder Maybe if it's, it's I wonder if it's interchangeable. Or, yeah. Um, I do know this for sure. So like there was a there's a, a a picture that people have been using that is using the size of USB and disc drives, and they are matching up to what the size would be. And I yeah. I got bored at work and I put it our Discord. If if the if how I roughly have measured this thing up, this thing is at least fourteen inches either tall or wide. Yeah, and that's at least. It, yeah. I, I gave that as like a as, as a give me because it looks to me like if you look at that picture, it's at least three inches because the Xbox Series X is twelve inches tall. Yeah, um, and it looks like it's roughly two and a half to three inches taller. I just made it two inches and made it fourteen inches tall. Um, to me though, I'm it's gonna a have big it, boy. I'm gonna have it standing up. I'm gonna have it angled at my TV or behind my TV like I have my PS4 and my Xbox One now. So I don't care. I'm I, glad that it's there because. Going back, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead, you're good. Well, I was just say I don't like. I love the look. I love the white. I knew it was going to be white. I did too. Unless the Dual Sense was not included in the game in the in the console. If the Dual Sense was somehow the new Pro controller, oh, that you talked about, yeah, yeah and then yeah. that, uh, but the Dual Sense being white and the console being black would make no sense. Yeah, it would be one or the other. Now and again, I like that they did the same thing: sandwiching white, uh, sandwiching black with white. Well, yeah, they followed the color scheme. Yeah, they did a good job there. I, I do think. My thing that I said during the stream, if you were there, you know it, it was that what I what I like about this design is that for people there is that the design being so adventurous and being so I guess what would you say um adventurous is a good word. I was going to say it, it's kind of trying to push the boundary. It's going to be a thing where some people are going to just hate the design. Oh, they and are. I'm okay with yeah, that. They, they, because to me a, a to me a design, a, somebody who's putting thought into a design, it should evoke absolute adoration from one side, absolute hate from another side, and then a very small group of people who are just going to be indifferent. Yeah, especially now, if it's a change of a design. Yes, yes. Now, my thing about the Xbox, as I brought up during it, the Series X and the PlayStation 5 are doing two different things. PlayStation 5, they're doing a design, this is what I should say, add that to my original statement about something that's going to it's going to create division is that when you have a design and, and strong division is when you have a design that you want to be a showcase, which is what they're doing here. They want, they're looking at like, we want to make a system that people want to showcase. There are going to be which people that hate it and, and, and want to have like a white color. Yeah. It is. Uh, but, but they at least tried. And I was like, I appreciate that. It's going to create strong division from that. The Xbox has had division, but a lot of people are just like, yeah, I, I like that. It's just like I like the simplicity, and it means that I can kind of put it anywhere well, and you don't see it. And they're doing two different things. Yeah. PlayStation wants the system to be front and center for most people, unless you just hate it so much that you decide, excuse me, to hide it. And then Xbox is going that even if you, even if you put it in front of somewhere, it's going to blend in so well with everything that you're just not going to notice it. It's not that you're not supposed to be. It could be a, it could be a Bluetooth speaker. Exactly. The so they're gets- doing different things, and I appreciate that. And it goes. It speaks even more to what we talked about in that. The two of them are going in such drastically different directions. That's what directions. I said I liked about it. On the far yeah. right, you have – can't say the far right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on the far – on one far side, you have 
PlayStation being incredibly futuristic. A lot of people have compared it on, <laughs> onto the uh, on on online as a console reveal you would saw you would saw leaked in 2007. I, I'm sorry, I can't in my mind get away from like on the far right you have PlayStation looking white, you know, but white supremacy. No. <laughs> Clearly, that's not what we're talking about. Right. It's just funny. But left, I mean, <laughs> at this point. But okay, on, the, so. on, the, on, on the other side of the spectrum, you have the Xbox being incredibly minimalistic. And mm. you have, like, for me, who's going to have both, it's fantastic. Because I don't have two really overly futuristic, <laughs> sure. uh, futuristic machines sitting on the same desk. Mm-hmm. And... I have a really cool router-looking system on one side, and then I have my single-can mini-fridge on the other. <laughs> so I uh, am curious, though. The people who have said that their entertainment systems will not support the Xbox Series X, will it support the PS5? Because It, it, it being, looks about four inches thick when it's laid on the side. Four inches thick is, is one thing, but 14 inches wide at yes. the minimum. Yeah. That's more than that. Yeah, that's not. Now, to be fair, this is not an entertainment system. We right, should say but that. that a lot of people um, would have something like this. Yeah, but I think you know, depending on what you have, uh, a lot of entertainment systems are built with like Blu-ray player sound sound bars, or not sound bars, uh, like uh, surround sound systems yeah. that are big and thick, and they're normally somewhere in the ballpark of twelve to sixteen inches wide. Right, we've had some. So if you think about that way, I do think that for most people, this will be less of an if issue. They're not occupying the spaces with surround sound or something. Yeah, there though. is still going to be people that this is going to create problems for. Yeah, and like um, that's the thing. I they're, was like, they're both big consoles. If that's you look at is. if you look at this perspective, which I think, in my opinion, is a is is was a brilliant idea of somebody who made that. They're like, okay, I'm going to take the disc drives and the USBs because those are both going to be somewhat universal. Uh, sizes and I'm going to measure up. I'm just going to take an image and enlarge it to make sure that they all match. And what they did was they showed that the circular base for the PS5 also is about six inches. So the the, the footprint itself, wide or, or yeah, the width of it, I guess, would take up technically six inches. When it's standing up, when and it's needing standing that base. up, it's technically six inches wide. It might be five. It might be a little bit less. Sure, but. Wide, I, I, I looked. I could not figure out how wide it was. So like That's why I didn't do a, a, a full-on box that was that wide. I can only do a tall one because it looks to me like it's maybe 12 inches wide or depth, I should say. Oh, yeah, deep. Um, yeah. Deep, but um, I can't tell. For me, honestly, though, it's not a problem. I'm not... I'll say it. It might be a problem if I put it in, if I got anyone, because I don't think that the entertainment <laughs> system is. Yeah, yeah. What I would probably end up doing is clearing out the... Um, uh, or not clearing out, but I'd get risers for our TV and put it under our TV. Sure. And I'd, I'd somehow raise up our TV a couple inches in there. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, or wall mount our TV and my have thing, an arm. That's why I'm happy as to why they chose to go wider and still let it be thinner when it's on its side, as opposed to the Series X, which, from what we're understanding, I think still says that you can have it on its side. Yeah, six so inches. Six, six inches on its side, inches which by, is fine. Yeah, 12 um, inches. Or for 12 me inches personally, I am going to have mine up. But the problem with the Series X is if I brought it in, I would have to delete something on one of my sides because it would completely cover and change everything. What I like about the PlayStation being the way you it is, is I can do just like stuff. what all my consoles are right now. They're all angled in each other in a row. Yeah. And I like the way that looks. Yeah. And you, it's functional because I can use both of them without, ha- without having to move anything. Well, even now. back there and I, I use them. So yeah, I, I like that. It's even now, setup. both my consoles are angled outwards of my TV like this yeah. with, with the respective power buttons and disk drives facing out towards yeah. me. I can't do that with the Series X, so my PS4 or 5 will either do that or sit out more visible, mm-hmm. but then my Xbox Series X would have to do the same thing. It wouldn't be able to be symmetric. 
Yeah, no, fair. Now, one of the weird things about my setup is that the PlayStation 3 is naturally, when it's up on its side, it's opposite of the PS4 and the Xbox Which One X. Which is weird. But it works because yeah. I have them on both sides of my TVs, and they're both pointing out like they yeah. should be, which um, is great. So, And it's uh, crazy because the, both the Xbox One X and the PS4 are the same orientation um, yeah. but what do communities take and then we'll get out of here what did you guys think of the event let's have that as the as, as a whole as yeah. a whole sure what did you guys think of the event and remember if you guys enjoy the conversations we have here and if you like us be sure to hit the like button leave us a review if you like us if you don't like us hit the dislike button you can do that or you can leave us a review with some criticism on why you dislike us and let us know how we're doing and what we could do to improve also if you like us enough to talk to your friends and share us please do so that also helps us out helps more people find this mm-hmm. community that we love so much because they love us enough to become patrons and in patreon you get all of our stuff early but not only that every three months you're subscribed you get a free custom cage with brett just released the final fantasy 7 remake one so if you want to get one head I, over i don't want to toot my own horn too much but i'd say that's it's, my it's favorite pretty one sexy. you've done it's um, pretty sexy but yeah head over in three months 15 dollars to get it shipped to you come on now Okay, I will. I will make the the bad news right now. Two things I'll do before I forget about it. Uh-oh. Something we got to work out is uh, if you want to be part of the community's take section or, and you want to have any input on that, you can head over to any of our social media things. You can join our Discord, which we always have linked in the description below, right. and we have a dedicated channel for the community's take. That way, we keep all of it together, and y'all can discuss as well. Based off your ideas, it just we ask that you just move it into general chat. You can keep talking about it. Uh, you can go over to our Twitter, which is at Triangle SQRD, or you can head over to Facebook, which which is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can easily find us a group. Asked to be entered in. We'll gladly accept you. Uh, we have a new person this week over in the Facebook, Miss Allie, who is one of my real-life friends, and that's great. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is, due to a bunch of stuff hap- uh, happening right now with shipping rates, they seem to be going up. Oh, no. And I'm pretty sure that for international, right now it's $7 a month per t- uh, tier on that. I'm still going to keep doing the cases, but I think I may have to make the international tier go up to $10. I'm doing a lot of debate in my mind over how I want to pull that off, but it's getting to be when we send the cases off to there, we're absolutely making nothing, uh, which is why we originally had to make the uh, international case to begin with. Yeah, because a whole separate we were actually losing tier. money on those. So we'll we'll figure that out, and I'm probably going to reach out to some of our patrons and see how much it's going to affect them and do some figuring out of what I want to do. Uh, but just throwing that out there. Either way, we love you guys. We appreciate you so much. If you want to listen to more of me, sadly Saul's not part of this, but you can go nope. over and check out our weekly movie podcast we do called Midweek Matinee, which launches every Wednesday. If you're a patron, you get that a week early, so you can talk about that amongst other people. We have a patron uh, early access section on our Discord that we have for people to discuss early access content without it being spoiled for other people in case they want to watch it down the line or listen to it down the line. Uh, and with that, we're going to close this off. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it was a pretty long one, surprisingly. Yeah, two, over two, two hours. Thir- yeah, so what's de- deserving of the event, to be fair? It this is. was a fat event, full of stuff. Chonky so, event. Yeah, chonky. We're going to need to see what you guys thought about it. Uh, but with that, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Triangle Squared. Thank you, guys. Thanks to our patrons, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Baconbits, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, and El Jabib. If you would like to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash nartech and look at what our options are. Thank you.